Okay. <laughs> the the movie is started now. Okay. <laughs> so hey, welcome, Icelanders, to uh, another special podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Caleb. I am Ryan, I think. And I'm a special guest star known as oh. August Rain. Oh. You can just call a, a me Augie. Female. <laughs> How'd you get here? Door. Uh, teleportation, oh. dude. It's oh, one of my many talents. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whoa. I, yeah, we figured we'd spice things up and add somebody else because just the both of us talking is kind of. Well, well, you you guys could you know, fuck it. it just it, somebody else speak other than me. It's a it's a, a little bit of a nerd a male fest, and it's like, oh man, how do I listen to both these idiots spot about? And then so I, I said, hey, I, I have a friend, and she's pretty cool, and so uh, yeah. And then now here we are, the third the third person on this special episode. So hey, we got that hey. we got that iTunes review that was the testosterone is too high. Ryan uh, Ryan's T levels are off the charts and we have to offset it somehow. My gosh, guys, <laughs> that makes me feel super special. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, we got done with our uh, docking uh, session. We were like, eh, oh god, <laughs> you weren't supposed to talk about the docking. <laughs> hey. hey. They need to know, I think. Um, no, they don't. They really don't. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, w- welcome, Augie. Uh, uh, did you want to give like a little bit of a, a background, uh, who you are, or w- what you do, um, something to like introduce yourself to the audience? Uh, sure. So, uh, as I said, uh, I go by the moniker of August Rain. Uh, but y'all can just call me Augie. Uh, I do cosplay, I stream, I've been a gamer ever since I can remember, and just kind of an overall goofball nerd. (laughs) Like, I'm just into tons of stuff, and I've kind of, throughout my, uh, younger life, have been just kind of a Jill of all trades, if you will. I've dabbled in almost anything you can think of. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Um, and how we met was, uh, uh, I went to uh, Arts Institute before I started the podcast, um, and uh, we met uh, via a, a life drawing class. And then I think we sort of just started talking about um, Star Wars and stuff like that, and we just sort of like um, uh, con- uh, connected after that. And then uh, afterwards, we started playing uh, games like Mass Effect and stuff like that. And then that, that's how uh, we originally met. And then uh, at that, the rest was history. Um, and, and then... <laughs> Pretty much, like... It was a weird circumstance, that, that's for sure. Like, uh, if you me back in middle school, I don't think I would rarely, like, uh, talk to you or anything like that. It was just kind of... Um, I was that kind of person where I just, like, uh, set myself apart from, like, uh, different groups. But I guess Ryan would know that as well. <laughs> um, but, um, hey different timeline, different weird things, so here we are. Um, I mean, it, uh, it's totally fine. Like, back in middle school, you would have never thought I'd become the person I'd be today. Like, back then, I was pretty much the alternative sort of punk right, goth right. kid. 
that always shopped at Hot Topic or had like skulls and crossbones and like all black. Like I still have all black, but like it's not that type of all black anymore. Awesome. (laughs) It's fashionable. Great, great, great. So yeah. Um, So hey, so uh, moving on to uh, our first docket. Um, Texas is currently being crossed over, uh, which is a weird circumstance right now. Um, it, it's just like crazy how uh, how much Frost has gone over that whole state. Uh, they're losing power right now, uh, unfortunately. And uh, I, I just wanted to bring that up because it was just it's a weird circumstance that's going on right now, it, especially um, after a whole weird year. Might as well keep uh, talking about uh, things that are going on this year. So yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Texas, Texas cold. Yeah. Texas, very cold. (laughs) I actually read a couple of articles about just how everyone lost so much or have been without power for so long that they have tried to use generators and starting their car and like starting up grills inside their homes. And they're actually getting carbon monoxide poisoning and have actually been dying because of those choices. And that just really tries to bring into perspective of how serious this is for that type of area and or climate. Because those of us up here, because uh, I'm, I'm Michigan-based up here, like we're, we're <laughs> super used to snow and we've got all these different, um, what is it? Not backdrops, but... Michigan's infrastructure was designed for the cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for, yeah, the it infrastructure. Was, it, 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 they moved up there, and they're like, shit, guys, it's pretty chilly out here. Maybe we should like make sure that our shit doesn't fall apart when it's cold. Exactly. Uh, but, but... Texas, Texas, like, average this time of year usually is, like, mid to high 70s. Mm. Yeah. And it's, yeah. nobody there is used to the cold. Everybody is like freaking the hell out about it, which they does. Yeah, this this right. You should be freaking out about it because it's not great. Yeah, and you know what what is crazy though? Um, I I read this uh one article about like how this is like a a big problem for not just only like the state of Texas but in other general areas too. Because um I read that fact that um. The, the way their grid system works is no different from everyone else's grid system. Because um, back when uh, they implemented uh, different grid systems to be controlled by uh, different electric companies, uh, those electric companies don't keep up with uh, their grid system. So they're not used to like uh, super cold temperatures or super hot temperatures, depending on your region. And more than likely, uh, sooner or later, each table experience that kind of same thing. Uh, I remember there was a time when there was a huge blackout in most of North America, and uh, uh, p- uh, people had to like find different ways to. Uh, luckily, it was in the summertime too, so um, it wasn't so much like uh, beating off like the coldness. Thank God, but <laughs> it wasn't about beating off. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I associate myself with here. Let's keep that a little bit on the down though this time. <laughs> uh, but but we uh, but but it's sooner or later. I, I it seems like 
uh, if they will experience that kind of blackout as well. And let's hope that it's never, we learn from this situation and going forward to where we'll keep up with our own electrical grid to not have a blackout, which Texas is going through right now. So let's just pray to God that that won't happen in our timeline, hopefully. Um, you seen that people are getting like $17,000 utility bills? Really? Yeah, there's articles going yes. around that people are getting insane utility bills right now, despite the fact that they're not actually getting any power at all. I think it's, I think I read it was something about a certain type of uh, energy plan that they have. It's like a pay per whatever you use mm. type of plan, but because of how their infrastructure works, as far as I understand it, mm. I, I could be wrong, but uh, due to how they've got it planned out and how it works is they're trying to do rolling blackouts or something, and if they gave everyone that power, then the entire state would be gone or, or down for power mm. for like a whole month or wow. something. <laughs> <laughs> but like in order to really... Like is a supply and demand type of thing too is what I think is going on with it. It's like, hey, you guys really want it, and you guys have some power right now. It could be used to be saving people's lives over here, but instead, you you guys are off and getting it, which is you know like no problem, that's fine. Like people yeah. need heat, but like they're they're trying to scalpel all these prices is basically what's I'm reading that, so far. You know, I could have sworn there were laws against price gouging and disasters, but. As far as I understand it, uh, most of Texas's power grid is actually not on the federal oh. and the entire country's power grid either, because they don't want to be federally regulated. Wow. And then that brings up a whole different thing there, and I didn't have time to really dive into that to be accurately stating an opinion or facts on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, let, let's hope and pray that uh, the situation gets solved, um, and we'll keep up to date uh, on what's going on with that. Hopefully, uh, um, they'll get that solved time within the next couple weeks, hopefully. And Yeah, for real, for real. I love my Texas peeps. Y'all are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, um, moving on uh, to a more lighter news. Um, hey, uh, I... Checked out on HBO Max uh, that Earwig and the Witch, which is a new Studio Ghibli film, got released. Uh, and, what did you What did you think about it, Caleb? <laughs> Regale us with your tale. So I've always been a good, good fan of Studio Ghibli films. You know, I, I was there when uh, Ponyo got released. That was awesome. Um, but now uh, that we've moved on to further, we find that. 3D animation seems to be a more majority for different animation studios, especially with Disney. Um, and now Studio Ghibli picked that up and thought, you know, how about we try something new? And so they did something new. They finally came up with their first uh, 3D film. And I got to say, guys, it's kind of disappointing. <laughs> um, so... And let let me elaborate on that a little bit because I know there's a lot of people out there yeah, who are that's a who are, that's a pretty hot take. Karen. Yeah, <laughs> it is it, it, one of those things where people really have nostalgia for anime Disney, and I I under I understand why, um, but 
for that film, it seems like there was just something that didn't hit right with me because there was just could have been so much more. But one thing I take from every Studio Ghibli film is the environment, the music, and uh, the animation. So the environment in, in this is very underwhelming because you're only limited to, to uh, uh, the house or the place that the main character is living in. So, so just a little bit of background. Uh, this story is about uh, a little girl uh, who is an orphan who uh, get, then gets adopted by a witch and a, a demon, I guess, um, to pretty much become their house, uh, house clean, uh, maid almost. Um, yeah, you knew that. <laughs> I know. I know what word you were gonna attempt <laughs> I had to, to say. <laughs> A little bit, but yeah, because uh, I knew that was just gonna. So w- will we will we be referring to her by her maiden name yeah. then? Uh, well, her. Or do we want to use her free name? Shut up! Shut the fuck up! Um, housekeeper would be a good yeah. word to use. How about that? I couldn't think of the word. I so yeah. Um, uh, the main character's name is Earwig. Beautiful name, right? Um, oh, yeah, that's lovely. Um, and her mother dropped her off at the orphanage because she was being chased down by uh, uh, a, a, her own group of witches and, and or wizards, whatever. Um, and she claimed, hey, I'll be back for you one day once I'm being done chased. Uh, later on, you find that uh, she gets uh, adopted by the same witch and wizard that uh, she was being chased down by spoilers. Sorry, but um, uh, but then at more and more, you tend to not root for the main character, which was one of my biggest problems with this movie, because she becomes very bratty. Like she she does a uh, a Kai situation where she cries and oh, like God. Uh, bitches and moan until she gets her away. <laughs> so that that was like. One of the things, like, am I even supposed to root the main character at this point? And the answer is no. Um, you, you tend I'm still to, stuck on. I'm still stuck on Caillou. Yeah. <laughs> did you also hate that character like I did when I was younger? <laughs> I didn't even. I didn't even. All I know is that there's a meme that says Caillou is is bald, not because of like any disease or something. He can't grow hair, not because he has cancer or progeria, but because he sucks and even his own body realizes that he does not deserve <laughs> hair, food, or love. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's that's totally fucking true. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, uh, so, um, you find out that uh, later on that the uh, characters that are taking care of uh, the main character is actually in a band with her mother from a long time ago, but they got into a big argument and they separated. And no spoilers, <laughs> by the way, guys. Yeah, so, sorry, but no, I don't want people to see this movie. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, because um, it's just it was just very disappointing because it was just it, it just wasn't uh, a factor of what a studio Ghibli film was about, in my opinion. Um, and But the music was beautifully done. I'm not going to uh, lie about this movie. It, it, the music was actually beautifully done. 
um, animation and environment could have some work done. If this is what they're going to continue going on, and that that's pretty much it's all I have about this movie. Very disappointing. Uh, so. <laughs> um, so, give it a give it a, give it a numerical rating. I give it a two out of six. That's how this. Wow, yeah. <laughs> that is that is harsh condem- con- condemnation. Yeah, for a film. It, I I honestly expected so much more, and that's probably what uh, gave it such a low rating. But I think going forward. It's not the best, but you know what? That's actually a good thing. Now that Studio Ghibli knows what it, what its worst film could be, it can now do one of its best films. Forward. So yeah, we'll see. Um, uh, so yeah, that's always a good insight to have. Is like just in general reactions and reviews to whatever you put out there in any form of art or product or whatever a consumer would go ahead and go after it's like hey i'm gonna try this new thing if like tell me what you like about it tell me what you don't and just take that is with a little grain of salt and then learn from it of how it can be made better i mean I'm, i'm guilty of like feeling really put down after doing something like i thought was really cool and absolutely everyone else hated it but like you know you get over it and you build something better and then People will praise exactly. you even more for it. I would, exactly. I would expect the same thing with Marvel films too. I know what their worst is, Civil War, and now I don't know what its better half is, and that's all of like uh, Infinity War and Endgame. So you know what you've done wrong, and, do, and doing so will do you so much more in the long run. So exactly said, Augie. <laughs> I would have never said it any better. <laughs> definitely. thank you Uh, so next on the docket is uh, I played a little bit of the Doom DLC that came out of last year Um, oh yes I was sitting here pestering you to play it yeah uh, I was like oh man I I gotta play it now I gotta play it now but I'm so uh, busy trying to get through all the battlefields which I've yet to finish because I took this little time to actually play the DLC so um, man, I can't. I cannot wait until you get to Battlefield Five. Man, uh, it, it's gonna be a doozy, that's for sure. Um, but uh, I got a chance to upload uh, I, the DLC is called Ancient God Part One. Mind that, um, and it's a continuation on the main story of Doom, where we find more about our uh, robotic friend. Uh, the, I think his name is, he, he's pretty much like Optimus Prime. Samuel Aiden. Yes, Samuel Aiden or Vega. That, that's what I was trying to get. He, he goes uh, up to different names, which makes it more confusing because he's like three different entities, which I'll go uh, elaborate on in a little bit. But um, um, we find out more of why he helped Doom Guy and Doom Eternal to give him a, it's sort of a power boost in the main story uh and why is uh what is the future state of humanity in this world and um uh, uh no not too much uh spoilers for people who uh haven't had a chance to pick it up but uh th- this 
DLC is definitely worth the run of its money. So if you're thinking about pay for, uh, paying for that extra $30, I definitely recommend it uh, because it, this DLC in itself is just a whole nother game. So you're just put, paying an, an extra $30 for another Doom uh, Doom video game. So, um, Nice. <laughs> what did you think of the soundtrack? That shit slaps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was done by the same guy who made the original... I think it was Brutal Doom. Okay. I think he did the soundtrack for that. That makes so much sense. And okay. the, they were like, they were like, all right, well, Mick Gordon's gone. We need somebody. Uh, let's just get this guy. Right. But let's get the next best thing, and it makes sense. Uh, I, I once we got to the blood swamp area in this game, that's when it really hit on me. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really going hard for no reason. And he didn't have to do it. He did it for, <laughs> for you. He did it for you. So, um, it definitely the, the music, the environment, and the enemies are the biggest things I take from the DLC. Um, the enemy types have definitely changed. They added a bunch of extra stuff. Um, I know I've said it before in other Doom reviews where you have to think about what you're going to do next before you do it. Because it's really good to know uh, your enemy's weakness before you start um, playing through, uh, through the game. So, hey, I'm going to go up against this enemy. He's weak against uh, flamethrowers. Uh, I'm going to go up against this enemy. He's weak against grenades, and so on and so forth. Uh, and you see that all collab together, um, especially when you add in different enemy types. Uh, one of the coolest enemies I, I've seen thus far are these spirits that give regular demons, such as uh, the Hell Knight, an extra boost. So they can kill you a lot faster, and you got to handle them uh, on your first prerogative, or else they'll uh, kill you faster than most enemies. So, would, you say, would you say that this is the Dark Souls of Doom? <laughs> um, <laughs> kinda? Uh, it, um, Dark Souls is a different feature uh, uh, of its own, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's pretty difficult if, if you don't if you don't have that patience. So yeah, in, in that sense, then yeah, it's very much like Dark Souls. And so, um, uh, what, um, back to what I was saying about that other like enemy type. Uh, one of the coolest things too is once you defeated that enemy, uh, it. Unless you kill it fast enough, it will go into another enemy and give it a uh, another strength boost. So you have to kill it with a weapon that's rarely used in in the Doom game. I, I don't know if you remember like the the um the plaster gun, the, the one that shoots out blue flames or something like that, right? The pla yeah, the plasma, plasma gun plasma. that shoots those little yeah. Yes, yeah, you have to use that in order to eliminate this enemy, almost like you're a Ghostbuster essentially. And oh shit, <laughs> yeah, you have to. Newest Ghostbuster <laughs> team member, Doom Guy. He just like walks in. He's got the jumpsuit like all up over his armor. He's just like, let's go. That's a big twinkie. <laughs> I want to see a somebody draw this. Right. <laughs> it, it's Bill Murray, uh, duped up. Bill Murray in the Doom armor with a jumpsuit. All right. <laughs> uh, but um, and then you'll have uh, 
uh, different angel type enemies. I don't know if you remember like the angels uh, from the main uh, story, Ryan. Uh, the, the ones with the giant heads and the claws. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's a new type of him uh, of the enemy where uh, if, if you cannot kill it unless you get a headshot off of it, and it's always moving around the map really fast. And so you got to plan that out essentially. Um, and it, it's Sweet. so much cool uh, enemy type forming in this game. It's almost worth paying the extra thirty dollars. Um, and so I definitely recommend uh, picking up this DLC and finding out more about hidden gods and hidden secrets of this. Um, uh, rating, I'll definitely give it. Uh, I give it a uh, nine, uh, nine out of ten. Definitely a good DLC. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, uh, uh, moving on from, uh, Doom j- jerk offness. Um, <laughs> a new game has been uh, running through the stream lately, and, yeah, uh, I, well, which has moved from Amogus to New Game. Yeah. What is New Game, Caleb? A uh, new game is, uh, of Belheim, which is a, a, I guess you would describe an MMO RPG about fights. I'd... I've heard Not that it quite. is a single-player survival game. A survival game, okay. That makes more sense. <laughs> and so um, our guest here, Augie, has been playing a little bit of it. Um, so I, I, I wanted to ask, what what is Valheim? What is what is going on? Why is uh, it so popular now? And uh, if you want to give your two bits about it, uh, you have the floor. <laughs> Oh, yeah. woohoo! I got an entire floor to myself. Yay! Oh man, that's fantastic. <laughs> but no, um, so basically, Valheim is very uh, similarly stated. It's a cooperative survival RPG exploratory type of mm. thing. It's a uh, Viking themed. And it's, like, without spoiling too much or, like, hardly much at all, because I've barely touched some of it mm. myself. Uh, you're basically, like, in some parallel world that's, like, run by some branch of Yggdrasil. I'm sorry if I butchered the name. And you're just kind of put there because you died, oh. I think. And now you have to, like, prove back to the gods that, like, you're worthy of continuing on your life or something. Mm. And mm. Uh, you're, you're starting off kind of similar to Rust, I believe. You've got, like, nothing on you, so you need to go, like, discover what all these pieces of the world end up being to, like, pick up rocks, pick up sticks, and the more materials you gather, the more recipes and blueprints you find, and it just kind of that <laughs> compounds upon itself. That's really interesting. <laughs> it, it came out just this, in time. This. Like, Rust was being, like, the new big... Uh, Twitch stream game uh, outside of Among Us and all those other games. So that, this is on time of, in, in terms of release. So uh, it, and it's still in early yeah, access. Yeah, it, it. Yes, it is still in early access. It was released to the public, I believe, on February second, mm. and uh, we ended up finding um, an ad via Google for it and. Uh, my awesome boyfriend over here had decided to look into it, and we ended up getting it while it was um, 
I'm, I'm not sure if it was on sale or not, but I think right now it's like at 20 bucks. So uh, you ended up deciding to get it, and we've just kind of been dabbling in it, playing with it. Uh, we started up our own server, too, to dabble around with some friends and such, and it's been a really fun experience that encompasses a lot of what people are looking okay, for these days. Okay. So it's got, like, it's got, like, uh, the gameplay in itself, there's, like, you've got your survival aspect where you have to, like, hunt down animals that way you can eat. Uh, you've got some temperature things, so where, like, if you end up going swimming, you get a status effect of being wet, and then being wet causes you to, like, regenerate stamina slower, or, uh, if you're wet and it's cold outside, you start to get cold, which then affects your stamina even more. And then your stamina affects what all you can do. Very similar to like the Dark Soulsy types oh. of games. And then speaking of Dark Souls, there uh, the combat is very similar. Oh, okay. It's not quite the same okay. caliber as Dark Souls for it, but there's definitely like you've got your stamina bar, so you can only do certain types of attacks when you have certain amounts of stamina. You've got what one of our friends calls perfect blocks and perfect dodges, but I have not seen reposts yet or like actual parries where you can retaliate against the enemy while they're stunned. You can go ham on them with whatever weapon you have at that point because they're they're stunned and they're well they're not doing anything for that moment. Ooh, okay. <laughs> so all but I haven't actually seen a full-on Literally yet anybody had to do to make me want to play the game was to say that it has anything in common with Dark Souls and now I'm sold. <laughs> well, if, if the combat actually turns you off for the type of game, it has a really interesting crafting system. Oh. So it's it kind of reminds me of Fallout 4 snap features. But you can build anything pretty much anywhere. Okay. All right. Okay. So, like, whatever right. placement you have of whatever the first beginner part of the building or fortress you want to build, uh, it'll snap onto various different parts from that spot. So it's not like it's a snapping to a grid that's built into the floor of the world. It's just kind of like, I want to throw it on, like, the top of a mountain. Okay. Sure. Just make sure you've got enough structural stability that way it doesn't fall oh, apart. Oh, you kidding? No, you're joking. That's not a that. That's a thing. Like your structures can just yes. fall apart if you put them together all ramshackle. That sounds like um, uh, yes. The uh, whole <laughs> like how um, if you don't uh, construct it uh, a certain way, enemies can get right in, but they can break down like your doors and stuff like that. That that sounds very. That's that's really interesting. See, that, like, the only thing I've seen of Valheim is a, a stream clip where this dude cuts down a tree, and it comes down, it hits another tree, and then that tree falls on him and kills him. Yes, the domino effect of chopping down trees is a real thing. We've actually tried to induce it on purpose, right. just because we didn't feel like chopping down a lot of trees oh <laughs> ourselves. Right, so chop down one tree, hopefully it lands on this other one, and then we just need to break apart the wood what after that. What is my that. bank account looking like right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's only something worth dreaming about. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, actually... Like, I heard that All right. Yes, it is a co-op. It's, I believe you can host up to maybe ten people? per server, but I, I think that's, like, that just might be the maximum of the recommendation. Uh, 
it's like a one to 10, but I think we might be able to change server settings or you might, whoever's running the server to allow more than that. But I believe it's recommended to have like three to five players for the best experience. Mm, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely mm. like look into it when it uh, releases. It. Uh, did they give an exact like release date uh, for full access or um, stop? I haven't seen oh. that right now, but like you can still get it now. And on occasion, I will say that. Excuse me. Sorry, excuse me. I'm sorry. Uh, on occasion. <laughs> It has actually crashed for me, but like I'm also running like a five year old computer as well. So, but I'm not saying it takes a lot to run it. I, it really doesn't take a lot to run it, but it could just be an issue with my computer, or it could just be that they had a hot fix and it uh, screwed with the also, game for a moment. So what I'm hearing is that this is the good kind of early access game where it's actually a product that they're they're gonna they're they're putting out right now so people can get a taste for it and they're gonna innovate on it and do stuff to it and it's not like say a daisy where it's early access for years and then they just push out that and yeah give up yes it it's very obvious the developers really care about this game and it's actually from the small little bits of research that we've done on it I believe it's one of the only games that most people want to play versus actually watched. To be played. And it's actually getting up there in a player base of like World of Warships and PUBG and uh, Fortnite. And like it's that popular now. (laughs) It's like the the third most played game at the moment right now. Or at least last week. They're they're already (laughs) doing something that I rarely see when. uh, Because I remember when No Man's Sky had its early access, there was a lot of problems. Uh, with that alone. No, 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 Caleb, Caleb, Caleb. No Man's Sky was not an early access game. Well, it was a full retail product. Well, no, they, didn't they release online play before they actually released? Like, they released an online no, demo? So, I, maybe? Yeah, because there was a big problem with uh, they uh, they had originally promised co-op play, but then there was, uh, when two people tried to meet up, it was there was no co-op at all. And no, no, that was just the studio being in way over their heads. Okay. <laughs> that makes a little bit more sense, but it's still doing a lot more than I see in most online early access, where um, it, there's actually uh, stability to it already. So I, I like that. that. That's really cool. Um, <laughs> that's all. Yeah. I was seeing I, I some like, doubts about it when it first got... Um, Entertained because you know Vikings were like all, all right now the biggest things in uh, the series, and then there's Assassin's Creed, and now there's this, and I'm thinking you know oh man another uh, uh, Viking game is going to be another one of those things. But now you sort of like uh, sold me on the concept already uh, just from the earlier access. Oh, ball. that's awesome! <laughs> that's, that's really cool. That's, that's great yeah. to hear. <laughs> And honestly, if you end up do getting it, we are actually, uh, Lee and myself, are actually starting a campaign, quote-unquote, server that'll be a weekly type of D&D style turn-on-and-off type of deal. So you're welcome to join in with us, and we're actually going to be launching the beginning part of that about 4.30 today, and I'm going to try to stream it. And if anyone wants to come on in and take a look, I've 
uh, sent my link tree over to uh, Caleb here to try and throw in the description. So just go ahead and click the link on that, and you can just stalk okay. me wherever. <laughs> you know what? That, that might, um, um, I might pick that up on you. Uh, I don't know why you, you might want to play that as well. Uh, we gotta have like a... I'm probably going to buy it. Okay, cool. It's sit I'm sitting here with my mouse hovering <laughs> over the purchase button okay. right now. Oh my god! Because I'm I'm really into like good video games. <laughs> I don't know. That might be a hot take, guys. But I enjoy video games that are structurally sound and work at what they're trying to do. Hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's very rare, unfortunately, in the time age. Uh, uh, but um, we'll, we'll not talk about that. Uh, um, like, like when a video game comes out and it's not good, I don't really play it. Eh? I know that's kind of that's kind of controversial, but uh, <laughs> I don't I don't like playing things that aren't fun to play. Yeah. So <laughs> the fact that it's like a structurally sound like early access game means a lot to me as a consumer because I'm a cheap ass. I'm notoriously cheap when it comes to video games. I'm like I won't buy a game if it's full price more often than not. So Right, right. It's this this looks this looks good. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, um speaking of hot tape, uh um and we had a little bit of a hot tape on uh weapons and video games, right? So um uh I um one that uh, what I wanted to ask you guys was uh what are some of your like uh, opinions on uh different weapons in video games like what is your favorite type of weapon in video games and what is your least favorite type of weapon in video games um so for casual first person shooters it's always going to be a shotgun that's my favorite uh, if it's done well if it's done poorly then ew. it's the worst thing ever uh, I think it's a sin against um it's a sin against gamers. That is an act of oppression against gamers if you have a bad shotgun in your video game. Right, right, right. Uh, I, I could definitely say, like, uh, my favorite types of shotguns in video games, you can either go from Halo, Destiny, and then... Um, uh, there's some really cool uh, stuff in Black Ops when it came to shotguns, but, um, but I wouldn't say none really caught me as well. Um have you played Modern Warfare 2019? I, I've not. I, I heard good things about shotgun. I think you. It has the that. best fucking video game shotgun ever. Nice, nice. Okay. I think it. Like I, I'm not. That's my hot take from this. Is that the 870 in Modern Warfare is like the best shotgun I've ever used in any game. Wow. <laughs> the sound and the animation, because they got the guy who did the animations for Titanfall to work on um, Modern Warfare 2019. Hmm. And you know he's real good at the snappy, like, cool animations. Well, he's also really good at making a gun feel like it's about to rip your face off when you fire it. Damn. <laughs> because, the eight, like, when you fire it, it doesn't, like, it doesn't do a gradual little kick. Like, the only, like, it jumps halfway up the screen, and then your guy just, like, pumps the shit out of it and then puts it right back down. That's, like, and the sound, oh my god, the sound. It, it... The fact that firing that game shotgun reminded me of what it was like to fire an actual 12-gauge shotgun is remarkable. Nice. I don't even... There are games that can't... There, There's a lot of games that can't manage that. Yeah, and, and I know the guy you were talking about, too, because you told me a bunch of, like, videos of his animation. It's very naturally flowing when he wants it to be, so that's really cool that... that he did that for Modern Warfare 2, or Modern Warfare 2019. 
not two yet. Oh yeah, no, it's good. It's good. <laughs> oh okay. Um, is, is what's your least favorite thing uh, when it comes to like least favorite shotgun in a video game? Oh well, yeah, least favorite shotgun or least favorite gun in general. Oh, okay, I don't like SMGs for some reason. Mm. <laughs> like, um, I have a bad association with those. Okay. Everybody I've seen using an SMG in Call of Duty has turned out to be like a is real tryhard stuff. Jeez. Okay. Like I can I can I condemn anybody who uses any ow. Oh my god, my ankle just did some weird shit. <laughs> oh shit. Oh my god, that was weird. Anyway, people who use SMGs in first person shooters are of a very certain persuasion and I'm not a fan. Like are we talking like? Um, uh... I'm talking. I'm talking high rate of fire. Okay. Uh, no recoil allows you to sprint around the map at like 30 billion miles per hour. Because <laughs> uh, when, when I think of like a SMG that's like always used, um, it's, I, I'm not a gun. Nut, so I'm probably super wrong. I, I, first thing that comes to mind is probably uh, a GP90. If I'm... Oh, P90. P90. Yeah, you're, yes. think, you're thinking of the one from uh, not Starship Troopers, Battlestar Galactica. Yo, okay. I was thinking like well, that. it's also an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and any kind of sci-fi-ish type of show that you can possibly okay. see. I've seen it in a bunch of anime. Uh, we've got it as a chassis with our laser tag guns. Oh, oh, yeah. It's actually fairly okay. balanced. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's what I, I come to mind with if, if it's a submachine gun. Uh, that is really differing, differing from like the video games and stuff like that. I, I remember when I first picked it up and like I think Black Ops had it for a little bit. Um, and P90. Yes. Uh, no, I think you're. I think you're thinking of Modern Warfare Two. Maybe Modern Warfare Three. Maybe that's where I'm at. Maybe. Yeah. One of the, Modern Warfare had P90. Okay. Okay. Then then um yeah uh, when I first picked it up in Modern Warfare Three. I tried to uh, run with it for a little bit, and uh, it felt um, uh, pretty good at first. And then um, I think yeah, when I went back to like uh, Modern Warfare 2, because uh, I didn't play that at the time, uh, it definitely felt different. Like it, it was just it was janky a little bit. Um, so it's a it's a bullet hose. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but. But um, going back on like best and worst, uh, well, yeah, the one for worst shotgun in video games, right? Um, I'm trying to think because there's a lot of really bad shotguns in games, but I think the most disappointing one I've ever used was no Grand Theft Auto Five had a really good one actually. Mm. No, I can't think of a. I'll, I'll come back to you if I think of a bad shotgun. Okay. Okay. Uh, what about you, Augie? Did you have like a, a, a best weapon in video games, fictional and non-fictionalized, or, or a worse uh, uh, weapon? Um. Well, in shooter types of games, I absolutely hate shotguns. Like, I'm going to be on the opposite oh, side okay. of the spectrum for the most part. Um, they're just not my style. I just... I don't know if it's just because of the way that I play or if it's just because the skill level difference between those that are more familiar with them versus myself or I, I don't know. I just have never had shotguns to really be able to work for me, except for in one case. The only time that a shotgun has ever actually worked for me in any game 
has been any flood missions oh, in yeah. the Halo oh. games. But that's just because the shotgun is OP as all hell versus the flood. And that's just like the go-to. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like, like if you don't grab a shotgun, you need to grab the energy sword or like a hammer. Cause like the flamethrower is nice, but it also catches you yeah. on fire. It's good. But yeah. I, 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 <laughs> uh, speaking of flamethrowers, I don't really care for flamethrowers. I find that they, they're effective for the most part, but they take too long in order to go and kill whatever enemy I'm aiming at. And I usually catch myself on fire as well. Game has or I like light the ground on fire, and that's what catches me on fire. So really I don't like being on fire. Games have to have really good flamethrowers <laughs> for me to get invested in them. Uh, Rising Storm, which is this, this World War II uh, first-person shooter, had one of the best flamethrowers I've ever seen, because... If you fired it into a concrete bunker, it would start to bounce flames off the walls like it would in real life and just fill the structure. So you didn't have oh, to get that in, you just cool. had to stand at the door and hold the trigger down for a few seconds and you didn't end up like lighting the kill feed up because there was a thousand people in that bunker. Wasn't that the big reason why flamethrowers were actually invented? Yes. Oh, they did. They, awesome. they, 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 I got the developers my little uh, like, war history the developers correct. Were like, yeah, no, we're just going to. Because it's an act. It's a. It's one of those games where you get shot once and you just die. So they wanted to, they wanted oh, to really sin. like it's Battlefield hardcore mode basically. Oh. But <laughs> they like they really wanted to make everything feel realistic, which I I appreciate that a lot. My favorite games are Insurgency, Tarkov, and Arma. I'm I'm that guy. So when you do when you make when you make well, a weapon feel right and it does its job that it's supposed to do in real life, I really like it. Nice. You might actually like the game called Squad, then. I love Squad. I've been playing it recently. <laughs> oh, awesome. Good, good. You've heard of it. <laughs> I met a bunch of randoms uh, for in, those a, who... in a really low-pop server, and we all ended up like becoming friends and playing like regularly. It's just... Awesome. Caleb, That's nice I think to hear. you hate Squad person. What? Really? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not, I'm not joking. I don't think you would like it. It's, it's, one, of those, it's one of those games that's really hard to pick up at first. Okay. Especially if you don't if you don't have a great system because the game really hates your 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 PC. I don't know what it is about my PC uh... or anybody else's, but once bullets start flying, the particle effects I... just fuck everybody's system up if they don't have a like a super good system. Yeah. Well, I actually went off and ran my squad on um on a lower type of graphics and it seemed to be okay. Okay. So it might just be your PC that's PC. screwing up or something. <laughs> no, there's just the the social aspect of it is really cool. I love I love the social aspect of Squad. Okay, it's okay. so good because it's not it's not like a it's... game where you 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 speak into your microphone and everybody hears you. It's you've got radio channels. You've got different radio channels for different purposes. Um... So you've got your proximity chat, which is basically you shouting. Nobody else can hear it unless they're around you. You've got squad radio, which is between you and your squad mates, and then you've got over the net radio, which is everybody on your team, and that really lends itself to like a a decent uh, uh, the communi oh, the communication is so good. If you can't communicate, your team's fucked. If you can though, y you'll 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 do way great. Oh, really good. Okay. Words not working right now. English not 
I'm just stupid. <laughs> Stop talk. <laughs> That's something that really brought Lee and I into it, is we were looking for something that was kind of a, it's a virtual slash distanced, but with, especially with the previous year that we've had, way to be able to build up teamwork in the laser tag community, and as well as the company that we've right. got to. Uh, just a way for us to run to try and work together and go through like a mill sim and just try to build up a bond as well as like work on that communications type of thing. And that was something that really sets it apart from most other military mm -hmm. sims or military sim games that are out there. And that's just like the thing that really makes it. <laughs> the reason the reason I said you might hate it, Caleb, though, is the learning curve is super steep for somebody coming off of a different game. And it actually oh, made me stop playing the game okay. for a little bit. When yes, I, when I, yes, it when is I bought it, very detail-based. When I bought it, I legitimately tried to refund it, but I'd played too long. Oh, shit. And I was so upset that I couldn't refund it, and it sat there, and then I started watching... It, it was it took them coming out with the Fallujah map for me to even try it again. Because I really, really... Like, I did a lot of... Uh, my favorite, like, historical conflict is the Iraq invasion, just because I was alive to see it happen. Mm. So they released a map based on the worst battle of the Iraq invasion, and I went to go play it, and it was like eye-opening because i got a good team and i had a nice microphone set up oh so it was oh my god it was so good <laughs> like once you get past the learning curve it's crazy yeah it, that's the thing i've been seeing in a lot of like communicating video games whether it's uh among us or uh or uh, rainbow six it just um <laughs> that's a really uh, cool thing i like is people have created their own a form of trying to communicate with their teammates without uh, alerting them that, uh, uh, or alerting the opposite end of the team. I think that's a really cool concept. And uh, but but like you said, <laughs> com uh, coming from a person that's never ever played those types of games, it is definitely a sweet thing. So maybe maybe uh, if I got more into those types of games, I'll definitely uh, uh, I'll definitely have a a fun time with those, especially I I remember playing uh, with Augie and uh, her boyfriend uh, playing uh, hot. I, I think that's the, the right word for it. Um, yep, here yeah, was a little story. And finding that there's a uh, communication uh, build in that as well, especially um, when you're trying to tell someone, hey, there's someone um, up top, you know, which is uh, sort of uh, uh, come together on that. I mean, healer, uh, stuff like that. That's sort of like easier to understand. But if you're saying that, that it's like way harder than uh, than that, then yeah, it probably won't be uh, well, my cup of tea at first. But <laughs> the source of frustration for me with Squad was the same thing that pissed me off about Tarkov, and it's that people who are really good at the game are super good at it, and mm. you people are not really all that good at it. So you'll you'll be you might manage to get a few kills in your first game, okay. the, but the majority of the time for a brand new player it's going to be getting shot from 300 feet away and not knowing what the fuck just happened okay okay pretty much <laughs> <laughs> i ended up actually trying to be a lookout slash scout to try and call out other enemy positions for the rest of my teammates because i just ended up continuing to get shot whenever i tried oh, to fire the back thing, the thing that made the role that really made me enjoy playing the game was medic because i didn't have to actually get anything done other than just making sure my team was still alive. 
Yes, medic is uh, quite fun. I actually main a healer slash medic wow. in most games. <laughs> or some kind of support role. <laughs> okay. So it was nice to have that type of option in a game like that, where I'm not that familiar with it, but like I've played enough games over my lifetime to be like, oh, okay, so this should work like this, mm -hmm. but yet because it's a sim, it's going to work more like this, and you have to kind of uh, calculate for like bullet drop and stuff like that. Okay, okay. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, just um, so I, uh, I think we can get back on track, because uh, we are talking about... <laughs> <laughs> um, but... <laughs> Not no, sorry. Really, really good. Uh, <laughs> no, Squad actually has some really nice weapons in it. Okay. Speaking of Squad, like, the animations are done... I feel like they're maybe a tad too slow, the reload animations, but that's just coming from... That's probably my zoomer sensibility being, like, you know, reload gun fast, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Uh, mm -hmm. But they're really, really nicely detailed. Like, something that caught me off guard was when you reload a, a main machine gun or a light machine gun your character takes, like, half a second to pop open the feed tray to see if anything's jammed in it before, like, actually proceeding with the reload. Which, it shows that there's there, like there's detail in it. And it's the same guys who did the Project Reality animations. Like, they're basically the exact same animations. They're really good. And the guns feel nice. Like, when you... If you're laying down on the dirt and you fire your gun, dust kicks up all around you, and it's just it's super cool. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh... I don't do that in many games nowadays. Like, um, I, I remember people started testing out uh, things from Red Dead about how um, uh, if you fire off a revolver and stuff like that, you'll get like a little kick of smoke. And then, um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, how, how much, like, oh, the how far can you hear that sound uh, if you're like uh, uh, just like a couple inches away? from the actual shot, and then it, it, I thought that was, like, really cool from Red Dead, but, um, yeah, you don't really see that much in, like, other, like, first-person or third-person shooter games nowadays. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> um, that, that's really cool that they have that going for it. Um, By the way, I've thought of my bad video game shotgun, and people are gonna hate me for this. Okay. <laughs> Counter-Strike Global Offensive shotguns are horrible. Oh! <laughs> uh, <laughs> elaborate a little bit more for <laughs> they don't work they just don't work <laughs> you shoot you shoot bullet bullet hit player still alive player kills you with ak you're done wow <laughs> they're it's it's not they're not worth using is my my problem damn damn okay <laughs> uh okay they're massive uh, they're... and powerful oh, yeah <laughs> yeah like all the spartan types of weapons are like either really freaking huge because they're all like seven foot tall gigantuan mutated people or they're just like so powerful it'll like completely break your shoulder if you yeah, try exactly. to use it yeah i think i think spartan revolvers <laughs> are chambered in like 12.7 which is not physically possible but 
Halo. Uh, 12.7 is a slow-firing, uh, massive Russian cartridge that they use for their main machine guns that they mount to, like, vehicles and stuff. Uh, so if you fired it from a pistol-sized weapon, it would actually break your fucking arm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Them Spartans are powerful and OP. <laughs> I, I, if I'm, I'm probably super wrong about this, but I remember uh, seeing one where uh, well, why don't uh, regular Marines use uh, uh, a Covenant weapons and all that stuff like that? And it's uh, the, it, there's a, like a little bit of lore saying like, well, they've tried before, and there's just a lot to the uh, the Covenant weaponry that uh, unless they're again unless they're Spartan, you don't regularly use for a bunch of reasons such as the type of uh, ha- uh type of kickback it has on it and. Uh, of course, you can't always use uh, the uh, the sword all that much because, um, again, unless you're a really good master of, of how how to handle it, you'll end up chopping off your arm at some point. So <laughs> I, I know little things like that. Um, there's a lot more to the uh, to the covenant weaponry, but um, when it comes to like the marine and Spartan weaponry, I always love um, how much weapons they've uh, evolved since the the human war uh, to fighting the covenant and that's really cool but when it comes to my least favorite weaponry um that's really tough to say um uh sorry hold on happened real quick uh oh okay um uh, we lost ryan for a little bit there um but um Oh, that's a little sad, but as long as he's yeah. back, then that's all right. <laughs> well, no, he's not back yet. That's, that's the problem. So. <laughs> oh, no. Well, that's sad. That's okay. We yeah. can shoot the shit. Uh, but when it comes... <laughs> He'll come back eventually. Yep. God um, damn it. When it uh, oh, there he is. <laughs> yes, I, I have returned. Yay, he's back. <laughs> I don't know what happened. It died for two seconds, and then it came back up. I've never had that happen before. It usually takes me at least five minutes to get this uh, this thing rolling again, so that's interesting. Damn. It must have been, like, the power itself, probably. It's, it's probably all this goddamn snow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to blame every problem in my life on the snow until it goes away. God. We're, we're still false winter. That's we're, fair. We're, I'm sorry, no, we're false summer. Whatever that joke of, of mapping out the North American oh. um about like how um uh, it's always winter, fall, summer, and stuff like that. But there's like in between stuff. There's like mud season. There's like um, mud season. <laughs> it's like second winter and false fall exactly. and then real fall <laughs> and then it's a construction season and <laughs> it's it's a big struggle for like. North American stuff, like we don't have regular seasons anymore. And then, of course, over in the West, there's just hell. So <laughs> it's Arizona's weather is summer. Uh, dear fucking God, we're burning. Please help. Uh, uh, and then it goes to like summer, but less. And then it goes to rain summer, and then it goes back to summer. Earth shake, earthquake, mud, mud, mud. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> um, but, but going back to what I was uh, trying to say is uh, worst weapon. Uh, that, that's a tough one. I I would say I've had difficult weapon uh, handling weapons in like 
GTA 3. But probably because I, I, when I was younger, I wasn't used to that kind of weapon, uh, handling of weapons. Uh, oh, the Z-targeting stuff? Yeah. That was just not fun, especially when I tried to go back recently and play those games. It was like, oh my god, I, I, I have to start this whole mission over again because this gun wouldn't uh, act right. And so, yeah. <laughs> it, it's those are like my least favorite uh, handling the weapons, but um, uh, other than that, you know, not 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 much uh, of worse weapons in, in, that comes to mind. So yeah, um, so yeah, uh, moving on to our next uh, docket because uh, we had our hot takes on those. Um, I've got one more hot take. Yeah, all right, okay. If your game requires lock on for aiming a weapon, you have a terrible shooting system. Okay. <laughs> like, if you have to pull the trigger or click a button to lock onto somebody and then shoot them, your game has terrible gun handling. Yes, I'm talking about Grand Theft Auto V. I don't remember who. I thought that I talked about that the other day with somebody else. About, like, how auto aim uh, definitely doesn't work for things like Halo. I, I don't know how there's auto aim in Halo, but I heard. Halo has bullet magnetism, which is also shit. Okay. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah, it, it's I don't care for that either, because uh, it's just you don't learn how to aim just by auto aiming. So you know. No, exactly. And if you go into free aim lobbies, it's always people who like know what they're doing at least. But like, last time I played Red Dead Online, they allowed free aim players to play with like soft lock players or hard lock players, which mm. was ridiculous. Because wow. I'm sitting here trying to line up a shot for about half a second. I'm trying to, you know, make sure that the the dots lined up perfectly. And somebody across, like, 500 yards away just pulls the trigger and locks immediately onto my head and kills me. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah no. G G G Rockstar <laughs> needs to work on their gunplay for their next game. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, hopefully they'll announce something. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it's it's gonna be a while. GTA Six is gonna be their next one. I know that. Yeah, it seems like they're milking five for a little bit, so maybe a couple years or so. So, um, so yeah. All right, uh, next. Moving thing, on. Go. Yeah. Um. So, um, what what is the hot take in LARPing? You you mentioned this before, uh, Augie. Oh yes, we were gonna talk about LARPing. I it, forgot. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I'm curious, though, of what modern LARPing is right now, because I was never exposed to LARPing. I, I played my um, Dungeons & Dragons and stuff like that, but I never really got too much into like LARP, LARPing. What is going on in LARPing uh, as of right now? Oh. Well, from from my side of the tracks, being into military stuff, there's a lot of like big military simulation LARP events. Uh, people will get angry at me if I call them LARP events, but that's exactly what it is. Uh, uh, there's there's Milsim West, which is this huge like hundred plus player uh, military simulation where there's a command structure and everybody takes it really seriously, except for the militia team who are the real chads. They're the ones who don't take shit seriously, and they fuck with people. And it's the only team I I I have thought about playing. I don't I didn't want to play NATO because I don't 
want to spend thousands of dollars on gear. I didn't want to play Russian because, well, they're 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 cool. They have fun, but they're still expensive to get into if you want to buy all like legit Russian stuff, which they require. Mm. Militia guys can wear civilian clothing, so that's that's the reason I play them, and it's literally half the time is just dedicated to fucking with NATO. Oh. That's all you do as a that's all you do as a militia member is you just you team up with the Russians and you fuck with the Americans. <laughs> I guess that's one way to play a role. <laughs> there was a there was a dildo incident at Milsim West in 2017. Um it was interesting to hear about afterwards. Oh. Uh, some guy some guy had managed to he brought a grenade launcher like a standalone airsoft grenade launcher thing and he put sex toys into it and fired them at the NATO guys and they got really upset about it <laughs> wow okay <laughs> and then there was the ISIS incident that uh, militia did as well that one actually has a video though and I think that's the reason they banned Middle Eastern apparel at Milsim West <laughs> oh my god oh my goodness <laughs> I I understand the precautions uh, yeah. for it. I haven't seen anything about Milsim West, but when something's kind of like on a touchy subject oh, at yeah, that well, point, I I understand the whole thing. Oh yeah, well these guys and... were like taking anime body pillows and like slicing them up with knives and throwing them off roofs and stuff. They were they were really getting into Oh it. my god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's yeah. I don't really know how to uh, react no, to that, did, other than, the wow, staff. that seems they had extreme. No clue what to do. <laughs> like, sure, it's an inanimate object, but there's, yet there are those who would claim that it's not. There's literally a real-life situation that's happening that does not involve body pillows, but it involves human beings, and it's yeah, it was at, at the time it was Ew. super, super touchy, and that's why they don't... Oh. I, think the, I think they reprimand okay. you to say the words Allahu Akbar now, even. Wow. <laughs> So leave okay. it to leave it to one meme meme boy to ruin a lot of things for a lot of people. But I mean, it was it was kind of it's a good video. It still makes me laugh. That, that sounds more extreme than the the videos I've seen of like LARPing. Uh, uh, I remember <laughs> seeing it's probably not the same thing, but there was this uh, airsoft like there's like two different airsoft uh, clans. Uh, there were oh, are you talking are you talking about he burned my patch? And, no, close. I think. But, you know, yeah, the same thing. Yeah, yeah. He shot that kid, and then like, yeah, he like, full <laughs> autos him right at the beginning of the round. <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh my god! Kicked him out. Why'd you do it? He burned my patch. <laughs> like that's the first thing that comes to mind when it comes to like extreme like seriousness about LARPing. And I was like, uh, this is not like my thing. <laughs> I feel like part of it is just to have fun. So, like, uh, oh no, it's, it's like all the all the LARPing I've done has been great fun. It's been dudes who really just want to have fun and they don't take it too seriously. It's the people who take it really, really super seriously that I kind of I take issue with, but I understand why they're doing it and the reasons that they have for it. So I'm not gonna knock them for it. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> That actually reminds me of a small incident slash story from the LARP that the laser tag company story I'm part time. of actually does the live story time. does the live <laughs> <laughs> the live fire for not live for my gosh 
the quote-unquote live fire combat for. <laughs> uh, so, little bit of background here. The LARP that we are doing the live fire combat for is uh, called the Outbound Hope Mission. It is run by Quest Adventure Gaming, and they're a company based out of New York. A bunch of awesome, cool guys and gals just, like, looking to have some fun and uh, design awesome games and stories for people to just, you know, escape through and have fun with and just, you know, just enjoy the entire scene for it. And with the Outbound Hope mission, it is a science fiction LARP that is based off of a colonization and military type of mission to where we're leaving Earth in order to go find another planet. And, like, jump through, like, very similarly, like, kind of Mass Effect relay type of deals and, like, uh, encountering uh, problems along the way and using experimental technology and drama, 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 and stuff like that. But ended up being that um, I don't remember if it was before the jump or after the jump during season one. This was uh, back in 2019 was the season one here. And, uh, there was a terrorist group that ended up attacking the ship and we were given we were giving the engineers a uh, warning saying hey uh there's about to be a live fire like thing going on here very soon you might want to leave otherwise you're going to be in the middle of it and these guys had no idea what was about to hit them <laughs> like none of these larpers as far as i know have ever seen equipment like what we've got over here at Mid Michigan Laser Combat. And they're just like, oh, okay, they're just gonna like throw on like nerf darts or whatever and hurt a dirt and like we're just gonna, you know, like shake it off, whatever. But no, 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 no. There were some engineers that were stubborn and decided to stay. So the, the quote unquote terrorists came in like full guns a blazing with these big metal guns that are like <laughs> emulating actual like. Um, gun models in real life and like sounds are going off infrared uh, emitters are going off there's lights, there's noise, there's stuff and they're just like holy crap what's <laughs> going on <laughs> so they're trying to act like uh, oh they're trying to shoot me and uh, they're getting like mad because like the terrorist uh, NPCs are like shooting at the engineers because they won't get out of the way or like being held for hostage and doing terrorist uh, they're like what no we, we, we can't do this anymore <laughs> and <laughs> one of them one of them actually tried to negotiate with one of the terrorists because <laughs> that particular NPC was trying to set up a bomb on the ship. And uh, so he was like, hey, I'm trying to set up this bomb. Like, you need to go shoot. <laughs> and then the engineer's like, no, dude. Like, I gotta go and do my thing. And he's like, all right, I'm gonna shoot over your shoulder. Shoots over the shoulder. The player ends up acting like, oh, man, he just oh, shot me. <laughs> So it's like, um, so the engineer got, like, really mad at, like, the whole terrorists, like, gaining control over the engine room and the Marines, like, they ended up dying, like, almost immediately because they kept attacking the spawn point. Because oh <laughs> we can actually, like, respawn mm. and stuff. So it was just, like, an infinite wave of terrorists. And it's like, hey, if you're going to try and spawn camp and you don't have a spawner yourself, we've all played games. We know this is not going to end mm. very well. To no offense to my Marines or anything, like, Gun Mom loves you. <laughs> <laughs> so it ended up being that there was only, like, one or two Marines left, and it's like, hey, 
uh, Lee, he was actually running the uh, terrorist group at that point, the NPC group that was attacking. It's like, hey, we need to tone it down because they were all veterans with the system and all the Marines were newbies with the system. <laughs> so it's like, guys, we need to tone down our instinctual stuff. We need to bring it from 100% down to like 75 at the very least. <laughs> that way they can try and recoup and recover. We need to make sure that this thing is enjoyable for these guys and not just for us. Right. So uh, that ends up happening, and a Marine ends up coming around the corner, and uh, one of our super veteran players instinctually aims and shoots and ends up killing him. So I was like, okay, great. Now I've only got one Marine left. <laughs> <laughs> so I end up getting radioed in. So I was actually playing a sort of a Game Master NPC embedded type of out-of-character, in-character player type of deal. <laughs> And I had, like, a radio and everything, whatever, and I was messaged in to be like, hey, they are getting their asses handed to them. Bring out Gundam and, like, actually, like, wreck house. Oh, my God. You just literally pull a Gundam. So I ended up... Yeah, no. Yeah, so I ended up, like, all right, Gundam's coming I'm here. I'm gonna save my little marine I'm babies. I'm picturing the locker room scene where it's just, like, the vest goes on, the gun gets loaded... Earbuds go in, the John Wick soundtrack is put on Spotify, and it's just like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and actually, uh, if I've got my little picture up here on the live stream, uh, that's actually the whole gun mod oh. get up there. And I had my personal uh, pulse rifle, so if you know aliens and the pulse rifles, yeah, we have that as a uh, actual gun chassis. We've got like six of them, but I had just the, the only one on the ship that was my personal... My personal gun mom gun. It's like a prototype in game lore. So I ended up bringing that out, and I'm like stomping on down, getting to the area, and one of the marines comes around, the only one who's still alive. It's like, he comes around all like disappointed and stuff, trying to like regroup, refigure out what's going on, and he sees me coming down. Big ass gun in my arms, <laughs> death in my eyes, and he's like, "All right, let's do this. Gun mom's coming in." Oh my god! God damn. <laughs> I ended up having to go, and uh, I went off and in story mode, it's like, hey, I found these old supplies as I was, like, rummaging through, so I ended up resurrecting the medic, the, the marine medic, and then he went off and did his job, and, like, all the marines got, like, whisked off to med bay, and uh, the terrorists had, like, hardly any opposition, because I was just trying to defend the little area that we were evacuating the marines from, and they ended up trying to go upstairs, because we actually played on an actual warship, because there's actually, like, a destroyer over here. It's a museum destroyer from no Vietnam. Way. And we were actually playing on the ship and inside the ship, and it was super cool. So they ended up going, like, upstairs from the engine room, like, up towards, like, the front of the ship. And they're just like, hey, we're going to try and break in here because here's where all the civilians are. We're going to try and take over the ship. But then, like, the NPC was like, oh, well, we can't actually act like that or whatever. And there was, like, gunfire trying to go off and stuff. And the entire battle downstairs was actually heard from up at the front of the ship because we're inside a metal tin can. So, like, they heard everything that went down, and, like, none of them, none of the players expected anything like this. So they ended up saying, like, in the break time, like, afterwards, because we actually had, like, a little marine party or something to celebrate the uh, anniversary of the actual real-life mm. marines. 
that night, I believe. And a couple people came down. They're like, dude, we heard everything that went on and we were scared <laughs> as shit. We were like huddling over on this special couch and we were just like biting our nails and like shivering oh like what God. the hell is going on out there? So, Milsim West, that reminds me. You can use blank fire guns at Milsim West. If you have a blank fire adapted rifle that fits with your faction armament, you can use it. Mm. One guy had a blank fire Mosin the Gun and it was like 2 a.m. in the morning, and I'm just sitting there, minding my own, I'm fucking chilling out, I'm just sitting, like, we're in the city, because I'm a civilian, I'm sitting there, I popped out to have a smoke break, because I couldn't sleep, and all I hear is, boom, and I hear, these these guys are supposed to act it up if they get shot, so this poor, this, like, 17-year-old NATO kid, just starts going, ah, oh my fucking god, and he's, like, screaming like he's actually been shot, and it was like, it was harrowing, because we heard that shit echoing through the streets. I'm like, well, what you get for invading my country, fucker? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That, that, that's, really, that's really fucking hilarious. Like, I, I never expected a John McClane slash John Wick scenario uh, from doing things like that. So, like. <laughs> Maybe I, I should check out LARPing. Oh, no, Caleb, I'm dead serious. LARPing is so much fun. Okay. <laughs> even even like Ren Fair stuff is real fun. If you've never gone to a Renaissance Fair, I it's super fun. I want to go to a Ren Fair, but no, there's no one in sight in this area that loves the Ren Fair. So I'm like, okay, I gotta find. My so group. you'd be forced to go alone. <laughs> if I go alone, or is it just there's no Renaissance fairs? Uh, what in Michigan? Yeah, are there none? No, yeah, there's actually quite a few. But yeah, I... yeah. Um, there's actually a friend that Lee and I have that actually buys the whole like seasonal pass and goes like every single weekend oh, that she can. God. <laughs> if I went, if yeah, I for went to the Red Bear, I would do one of two things. I would either go with my D and D character, but but it would be terrible. I, oh God! Idea. No, don't go! As, <laughs> don't go as Caleb the Cool Conjurer. Oh my God! <laughs> like, uh, okay, I I love Caleb the Cool Conjurer just because, like, just because. But like, I don't know how you would physically be able to manifest him I, without I, yeah, offending no, someone. There's a really cool. easy way that's, to that's do it. Sure. <laughs> but perhaps the easy way is not the right way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you can totally go on there with like, "Hey, I'm this person," and then just like go with plain regular armor, and then like those who know will know. Not that I'm like just, encouraging just any of that in, behavior or anything. Of like race theory like, when you're in casual conversation. Say, my liege, do you wish oh to hear God. about? Do you, wish, do you wish to hear about the extinction of orcs? <laughs> I tell you, the elves are trying to breed us out of existence. Oh my god. <laughs> like, I, I don't encourage any of that behavior, but, like, Caleb the Cool Conjurer as a character, like, he was really fun to D&D &D and play with. Like, <laughs> he was really fun. Even, like, he was a pretty cool, imagine. what was he, a wizard? To burning, that's all. Oh my god, are you fucking serious? <laughs> Like, there was an entire forest that ended up, like, burning down <laughs> as we were trying to, like, fight oh, some, uh, like, 
summoners or necromancers or something, and like one of them ended up turning into like a black hole that exploded yeah. or some crap. <laughs> but, like we ended up like burning down an entire forest and like an entire village. <laughs> Because I'm not sure if it was uh, in-game Caleb's fault or if it was Annie May's fault. Annie May. I don't remember <laughs> whose fault it was. <laughs> the last, the last thing, the last thing I did playing D and D before I was forced to leave my group, uh, I had a character. He was an orc bard named Snarge, oh. and uh, <laughs> I headbutted a. I think it was a, I headbutted the fucking boss to death because I just rolled a twenty. It was like a last ditch thing because he had he like he, this big fucking demon grabbed me and picked me up and he was looking at me and I'm like I rolled a headbutt and my DM goes all right roll hit a twenty he's like so you headbutt him and his head fucking explodes god damn it Ryan because <laughs> <laughs> he had this all planned out like D &D he had a, he, there was a villain speech that was supposed to be given there was like a there was like phases to the boss fight, but since it was a it was a fucking critical role, he's just like, "All right, fine." Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of the R. Right, miss D and D uh, stuff about uh, Nat Twenty stories, um, and there's like really <laughs> hilarious one where it's like, um, um, "I'm gonna roll uh, for having sex with the main boss." It's like, "Okay, you gotta get a Nat Twenty to do that." Roll the Nat Twenty. Everybody leave the room. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's like um, I, I rolled to have friends with uh, the demon. You can't do that. Oh, it says right here, you can. <laughs> Roll in that 20. Roll in that 20. Okay, so you're the best friend with a demon horde. I could think that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one story that's uh, been on the internet for forever. It was a orc rogue, and he was, like, the clumsiest rogue ever, but he was so high in intimidation, and there was a store that was running around to where he was, like, trying to sneak through, like, a enemy guard camp, and he made, like, a huge rambunctious amount of noise, and so all the guards, like, went to go and look at him, and there was this big-ass orc, like, in stealthy mode, like, all crouched and stuff, and he's just, like, death-glaring him down, and he's like, intimidation, you know see Grognak! <laughs> <laughs> and it worked! <laughs> I also, my character convinced somebody, because I don't know what the fuck was going on, a, a, a portal opened up in the town square and swallowed some guy whole, oh. and it, like, just let, all it left was, like, a scorching mark on the floor, I think it was, like, and then I went to a bar, and I'm like, hey, this guy wants to fight you, because I was like, I'm like, I'm gonna get my character drunk, because I want to do some really dumb shit, but I just, I didn't have any cash, so I managed to charisma roll everybody into a bar fight, and I just started walking around the tables and stealing people's drinks. Oh my god. <laughs> and then these two dudes went out to square up, and they got swallowed into the hell portal as well. <laughs> that town was weird. <laughs> oh yeah, I miss the ND. That, that was the best part about uh, the quarantine uh, was um, every like week uh, we would just meet up and do a D and D session, and it, it got crazy to the fact of uh, one of our team members. I think I probably told the story before. I'm I, I don't remember, um, but. It's not been in any, like, the last five ones that I've okay. listened to, at least. <laughs> Where uh, Annie May, who is Justin, uh, for those uh, who don't know, um, uh, she, she goes and she fucking uh, 
tries to assault a naked man that we found in Times Square holding a book uh, or a magical book. And he tries to steal the book from the naked man. Um, and uh, even though uh, the, uh, the DM said, yeah, you know, that book is pretty much useless. You can't learn shit from it. It's like, no, 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 it's fine. I'm going to fucking try to steal it from him anyway. And then, <laughs> and then he tries to fucking go against the guy, and the DM's like, he's way too powerful for you. <laughs> he's like, no! <laughs> Stop trying to every person we come across. And then um, it, got, it turns out he, uh, that character may have been a main plot in the story. Uh, probably the main villain, for all we knew. And then <laughs> he, um, uh, he kept trying to go against this guy, even though... Uh, uh, he was way high powerful and naked, mind you. I'm like, stop trying to fight the naked powerful man, okay? And he's like, I'll come back to that guy. I'm like, I'll come back to that guy. <laughs> so, I, I, I have something I really miss about D and D that um, I uh, wish we do again. But, uh, but oh, yes. it's been so long. Coming back to the coming back to the subject. Yeah, larping larping is. A okay, it's fun. Don't yeah. let people make fun of you for LARPing, guys. Yeah. <laughs> How else are you supposed to get your money's worth out of this stupid shit that you buy when you're out and about, and you mm. think, oh, I'm gonna use this someday, and you just never do it? I still have my experience. Yeah, those that uh, went in and were actually a player character in the Outbound Hope mission, just ranting and raving and tons of extremely positive reviews, and it ended up making the creator just like burst out crying because he just like oh my god guys i didn't believe that people could love this so much and like have so much fun with this sci-fi larp that's going on and it's actually fun little fact it's actually the largest sci-fi larp in north wow. america so if you're interested i think there's still some like signups coming out here soon or an opening to actually go sign up for it it's a little pricey i will warn beforehand but it's an entire weekend uh so you've got food and housing already planned out you can stay at a hotel if you don't want to sleep on the ship or you can say hey i went off and slept on a super historic <laughs> vietnam warship like how I did. Stalked, <laughs> it's actually pretty comfy on the and ship. I people while they sleep, and I threaten them in their dreams. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> like, uh, so you've got like room and board. You've got uh, three whole days. Well, two and a half mostly, because uh, it's a uh, Friday afternoon slash evening into the entire day of Saturday, and then like Sunday morning and slash afternoon is when they end. So we've got that entire span of just, like, constant story and character development and just roleplay all across the entire ship. And it, it was really much, it was a big blast. Even though I didn't see a lot of what actually happened, just the impact that I saw from the players who were there for it was just immensely powerful. It, it's a really cool experience. And if you're not into sci-fi, like, there's tons of medieval types of LARPs out there. There's Milsim LARPs, like how Ryan's been saying. Uh, I know there's actually a YouTuber that's, I think his name is called Swamp, Swamp Sniper, yep, in case you want to. Hey, yeah, Swamp those Sniper. Ones are, He's those awesome. Those ones too, the post-apocalyptic ones that he puts mm -hmm. on. Oh. Mm -hmm. So, like, even if you're curious about, like, seeing more about it, there's some videos about the Outbound Hope mission. Swamp Sniper's got some awesome videos out. Uh, just... 
yeah, go go and check it out, and it's just a really great community. Like, there's been some awesome people that we've met because I of LARPing. That's what I definitely wanted to do uh, one day is doing uh, LARPing for like the Fallout scenario because I, I did that one video with Rooster Teeth. That's uh, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be uh, the dude at Balahack Airsoft up in the northeast someplace. Nice. And that is exactly what you're looking for. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll check that out then. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, cool. That's what's on the floor of the, of the LARPing community. Uh, uh, cool. I, I'll get hit with it one day. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, so, so moving uh, on to other subjects. Um, uh, so, so you had a bit of a supernatural thing that went on. Uh, the other night, Ryan, right? Yeah, so I'm driving home from work, and I'm not taking the usual route, because it's Friday night, and I never take the usual route home on Friday night. I usually just drive around and chill, uh, you know, go through the countryside, put my music on, and just kind of look at stuff. The mm -hmm. It snowed recently here a lot, so some of the back roads are pretty impassable, but overall it was just a straight, smooth ride, but nobody was on the road. Not a single person was on the road out that way. And I come to an intersection, okay. and I see this, it looked, I, I thought somebody had fired a flare for a second, because it was just, the entire sky lit up red. And I had a Snapchat video of it that I did not save, I put it on my story, and I think Caleb saw it. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> but it was just this mass, it looked like a road flare, and I'm like, oh, somebody fired a flare, they're just out here. Like, it could be an emergency, but this is Kentucky, so it's probably a bunch of dudes just, like, fucking around at a bonfire or something. Well, anyway, road, or... Emergency flares don't zigzag when they go in the air, unless there's like heavy crosswind, which it's just it wasn't happening that night. It was completely still. There was no weather going on, like the clouds were super low, so it just it burned. Like my eyes were hurting looking at this thing, and it started moving in a zigzag pattern, and it started moving towards me. So I pulled out my phone, and I'm like, I'm gonna record this. Nobody's gonna think I'm crazy, and I put it up on my Snapchat, and. At, like, at some point, I, I was like, I probably shouldn't be here. Like, I'm seeing something I really shouldn't be seeing. So I'm gonna go. Mm -hmm. Well, that, and I, I popped my hazards on. I was sitting in the middle of an intersection in the middle of nowhere. People were probably gonna stop by if they came by and were like, hey, you need any help? And I don't want to talk to people. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, no, it was it was interesting, and that's like I I know there's a reasonable explanation for it. It might have been a plane or a helicopter or something uh, out late at night. I don't know why. Right. It wasn't late. It was like it was like seven. It was like seven in the afternoon. Uh, but super dark. This big thing just zigzagging around in the sky and started coming towards me. And it looked like it looked like it was on fire. Whatever it was, it was it like that's the thing is it wasn't headlights from a helicopter or a plane. It was on fire. Whatever it was was like dropping small burning embers as it, as it moved. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm gonna get the fuck out of here before I end up getting probed. Right. <laughs> so turn, it turns out it was a, it was a flare, and a uh, guy would be beaten by wolves that you decided not to save. Yeah, no, I'm going to hear on the news someday that some dude out in the middle of nowhere just got eaten by a bunch of wild boar, and he fired off a flare, but nobody came for it. <laughs> Those dang wild boars. Oh my god. <laughs> Those They're wild horrible. hogs. <laughs> I've only run into, like, one, and it was the most horrifying experience of my life. Goddamn pig squatches. Uh, no, they're awful. They're and, awful. There's a reason that Texas has an entire industry based on killing them. <laughs> oh my god. 
and and with the with the flare too, like there was no like a firework no, pop or I anything just, like it, that either. Like it it was in the sky when I saw it first. Cause like mm. I caught it in my rear view. I didn't see it. I saw like and like oh, the lights around here are pretty fucking powerful. Cause like you know the four I could see the I could see the tree line like a hundred meters out, and the field was lit up red. And I'm like, okay, something's going on. I turn around in my rear view. There's this big fucking thing hanging in the sky. And I'm like, okay, that's what's doing that. Damn. Huh. <laughs> okay. So, you know, that, that brings me up um, for a question then. Um, what are some other, like, weird, like, uh, supernatural things that ever happened to you? Like, um, not recently, but just things you just couldn't, like, get out of your head to, to this day. That, that, that was just a weird uh, creature I just saw, or a weird instant of ghosts. Scenario. Uh, one time, my mom and sister and a uh, rando friend that mom has were convinced that I was abducted by aliens. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, one night I was just like trying to fall asleep, I think, and uh, I ended up because my bed was in the corner of the room, so I was, like, facing the corner and, like, rolling over on my one side, and I ended up rolling over onto my left side, like, looking into the room, and just kind of across of my bedroom were, because, like, I ended up seeing this, and I just completely froze mm -hmm. in, like, a paralysis, terror, sleep thing, whatever it's mm -hmm. called. And there were two gray figures, uh, male in bodily form, but lanky and skinny as all hell. And there were these two guys there, and they were just kind of standing there all casual, kind of like they were waiting for something, or like, like you texted somebody like, hey, we're gonna go hang out, you wanna come join us? And you're like, waiting for that reply. And they're just kind of standing there, like one of them's like, leaning against the wall, and the other one's like, leaned up against my desk, and I ended up turning over, and I looked at them, and I froze, and then they ended up finding and spotting that I was awake. Whoa. So they just they slowly stood straight and I was like kind of staring them down and stuff. It was like from a bottom, like from the feet mm -hmm. up to the head type of look them over. And uh, when I got to their head, it was one of them had long kind of straw-like hair, like shoulder length-ish. It was dark. And then the other one, I think, was either... I think he was bald. But uh, they had no mouth. Barely any form of nose. But their eyes were the big almond black pits that you would associate with gray mm. aliens. So they ended up slowly standing up. And they slowly started to approach me. And just kind of out of nowhere, my vision went, it, it was like I lost time. Oh, they started moving towards me, and then I just, like, it seemed like I lost time. Just instantaneous. I was, it was the morning, sun was shining through my windows, and I was in the same exact position, looking in the same exact spot. But it was just the same scene. They weren't there. But it was just morning, and it was just like, wow. it, it oh, was just man. an instant thing. I, 
I, I don't know how else to describe it other than like I literally lost time after they noticed that I was awake and they started mm. to approach me. So ended up, uh, I told the story to my mom and my sister, and my mom's like, oh, hey, I know a guy who's like really into alien stuff, and that's kind of like kind of similar to what he's saying. He's saying that like lately there have been people who have been reporting to be abducted and like had like weird experiences and stuff and whatever. So I'm like, okay, okay, like, whatever, like, sure, you can send the story over to him. And then he was, like, 100% or, like, 99% convinced I was targeted and abducted and, like, was implanted with some kind of chip. And he described, like, what it looks like is, like, there's, like, this very small hole that looks like a mole to us. It's going to be at this exact spot behind the left ear. Um, and it's going to be this color, et cetera, et cetera. And then... Just, like, a couple days later, my sister ends up walking up to me, and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> she ends up, like, getting up behind my ear and stuff, and she's like, it looks like it's there. And Mom's like, what? Oh, my God. She came over and looked, and she's like, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, like, really convinced. I don't know if they're still convinced now, but, like, at that time, they were extremely convinced I was abducted and, like, had something implanted or something taken out of my skin or something just because of that little... Oh spot. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, that's not the first time I've had weird stuff in that bedroom, though. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of other things that happened in that bedroom, and the biggest weird thing about that bedroom that I had over at my mom's place was in the wood grain of the closet door, it looks like there is a face embedded into it. Whoa. Like, the wood grain itself looks like it is shaped in a masculine face that's got, like, side ear horns, like, on the sides of its head. And then it kind of comes down very similar to the original Sith race of mm. Star Wars. Kind of like how they've got, like, the little, uh, I don't know what to call them, appendages, like, on the bottom of their chin, except you only have the two of them. So it could have been, like, a sideways, like, braided-in beard, or it could be, like, his jawline has, like, tusks that are coming down from, like, the bottom of his jaw or something. Oh, wow. So God. that was weird, for the one part. <laughs> and then, uh, fairly frequently, I always felt like there was something standing there at the door, or being held in by the door from my closet. So I hated looking down towards the door whenever I was trying to go to sleep. Fairly frequently it happened. Uh, on occasion, there were times to where I felt there was some kind of presence that was defensive and some form of wanting to attack me or had some kind of negative energy to it at the end of the hallway. But as long as the light was on, it was a-okay. It would be, like, held back by the light and whatever, and you'd mm -hmm. be safe. Uh, and then there was actually one other time when... In that house, um, there was another time when I was, again, trying to fall asleep. And it was like a out-of-body camera type of experience to where I was floating above my bed. And I could feel, like, the sheets and the pillow and everything just, like, rustling up against my skin and pajamas and everything. When I could feel everything that I was seeing... But my sight was like I was a camera up on the top of my ceiling, like, looking down upon me. Wow. And I didn't feel like I was in any danger or anything. But there was this man who walked out from my closet area. 
And he was, like, regal and, like, held himself like he was a noble. And he had red skin and horns. I don't remember if he had a tail or not. It was very similar to a tiefling from mm. D&D. And he ended up walking over, like, in, in his regality and such. And just, like, kind of glided across the room and stopped by my head. And he either stated one two-syllable word or two single-syllable words. And immediately after, my vision shot and flew into my body, and I was instantly asleep. Oh my god. So... See, I've had yeah. sleep paralysis before, but it's never <laughs> been anything like that. It's always something at the edge of my, my understanding, where it's like... I understand that... Well, the last time it happened, I was very cognizant of the fact that it was, in fact, sleep paralysis. What happened was I was like, oh, I'm this is sleep paralysis. Cool. Uh, what do I know about sleep paralysis? I know people say that they see and hear horrible things. So immediately my brain was like, okay, now you're going to see and hear horrible things. And <laughs> from behind me, I heard this meaty crackling noise, almost like a gigantic spider was just moving around behind me. It was like, I don't know how to describe it other than like somebody mashing raw hamburger with the sound of a fire in the background. And that's what I heard behind me, okay. and on the edge of my vision I could see darkness, like darkness is starting to creep in a little bit, and I'm like, okay, okay, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. So I start trying to move my pinky, and I'm just like sitting there twiddling my pinky, and it's not moving, and eventually I come out of it, and I'm like, oh, that, that was horrible, I never want to have that happen again. <laughs> but the first time I got it, I saw somebody standing in the corner of my room, uh, it was like just this... It looked like a shadow person. Like, it was just somebody was hitting them with a flashlight, and they, they weren't there, but their shadow still was. Mm -hmm. That was horrible. But that was, like, when I was 14, I had a really bad fever. Um, I was sick, and I was laying in bed. But the one... I wouldn't call it supernatural experience, but when I was a kid, I thought it was supernatural. Uh, my grandma's house is huge. My great-grandma uh, passed away, but her house is, like, massive. She lives out in uh, New Haven, New Haven, Michigan. Mm -hmm. And she filled mm -hmm. every room with dolls. She loved dolls. She collected them. She, you know, took care of them. She, like, dressed them up. So I went to go to the bathroom. And I went upstairs to go to the bathroom. And as I got done, I was like, like I said, I'm like eight or nine. And I'm walking back and I get lost in this place. And every room I go into feels like it's the same room. This is just how I'm remembering it. But it felt mm -hmm. like I was walking through an endless series of the same exact room, but with different dolls. And they were all really creepy. She had this Chucky doll that she bought from Spencer's way back when. And she kept that shit near the staircase. And that thing, I swear to God, I've never been more terrified of an inanimate object in my life. Because when I saw it at the landing of the stairs, I was like, okay, I'm going to die now. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> then I I found a piece of I was in the desert one time when I was like twelve and I found a piece of metal that I thought was really interesting. It was like it looked like I don't know how to describe it, but it had like these these crisscrossing sort of like square patterns on it, and it had like what looked like rebar sticking out of it, like tiny pieces of rebar. So I was really interested, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to take this thing, and I'm going to go home and see what this is about. Well, I put it in my backpack, and I get home, and I swear to God I put it, I did, I know it was in my backpack for a fact, but I get home, and it's gone, so I'm like, oh, I just picked up a piece of a spaceship. 
Oh my god. <laughs> and they, it and turned they, re- invisible they recalled on it you. home or something. That's like the most supernatural thing I've ever had. Anything else I can explain it as like animals or people. See, that brings up to my other subject is like uncomfortable items that just made you feel there's something that there's something wrong with it. Um, because that brings me to oh. my story <laughs> uh, about how there's two items that just couldn't I, I did not like. One um, when I was uh, my mother always kept a ceramic doll that just collected dust and other like type of uh, bugs in its hair, and my mom just never would get rid of it. And just every time I looked at it, I just felt so uncomfortable around it. Um, but um, the other thing that made me uncomfortable uh, was uh, the uh, I think it was either my grandmother's or uh, or my mom had it. It was a painting of the Last Supper. But I guess mm-hmm. in the way the uh, artist uh, painted it, he painted it in a way where Jesus had two feet on, like, he, he had two feet on one leg. And <laughs> it, it just, so kind of kind of like that Left for Dead poster where Zoe's got three hands? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and and it, it's like, okay, where the hell is that other feet coming from? Why does he have two feet? And, um, um, come to find out that, uh, later on that um, my uh, mom and I confirmed with my mom the other day uh, she said yeah uh, your grandmother had it uh, she got that off uh, a random like uh, person that came to her house hey you want this uh, last uh, supper painting oh like my that. god <laughs> okay so <I'm> like, <laughs> and they- so being me, fully yeah. aware, being told up front that it was cursed, they still took it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you take it? I, 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 get, uh, I understand they're, they're very religious and stuff like that. But Why would you accept any Bible, Jesus painting of any sort from a stranger off the street? <laughs> Especially somebody who just comes to you and is like, hey, look at this painting. Right. You want it? Yours. Hey. It's, like, hey. <laughs> it's like that uh the trench coat guy yeah, in yeah. the back alleys. It's like there's a kind of like a walk up to each door, it's like, hey, hey, opens up the 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 coat, you wanna buy a painting? <laughs> there's like this black void that you just like grab out of it's like an infinite space, a bag of holding or something. <laughs> what you want? I got the body, the blood, and and the holy spirit. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't tell Father McCree. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> keep it. Keep it on the down low. If the Vatican finds out about this, I'm going away for a real long time. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Gil. I don't know. Uh, what, what other like uncomfortable items or things that you guys had uh, uh, that just bothered you to this day? Uh, I, I know you had one, Augie. Uh, um, that you want to talk about that, that your mother owned? Um, like um, I don't think so. <laughs> um, I, uh, there was like one where he uh, said that like yeah, there was like a lot of unco- uh, items in your uh, mother's like room that just didn't like set up or something like that or or was that like for, for a different thing that I'm thinking of there. 
Uh, that might have been something okay. different. Like, my mom's room has just been full of, like, clothes and dressers oh, okay. and jewelry. <laughs> so, like, like, we've had some other weird, like, sort of supernatural slash unexplained experiences. And I've even had them at different locations, oh, okay. too. That's probably well. But, like, there was actually a time... Yeah, no, there was actually a time, uh, surprisingly, she actually called the other day uh, asking about the supernatural experiences that we've had in her house. Because uh, we actually, she brought up a time that uh, us two girls were there with her, and we were, like, watching a movie or something, and we just hear this opening and closing and banging of what sounded like the kitchen cupboards. It's like someone was trying to rummage through them and was frantically looking for something. It was just constantly, like, open and closed and slammed and, like, wood against wood and just, like, big noises. And we're like, what the hell is going on in there? I don't remember this at all. I don't don't remember it. (laughs) 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 So we ended up uh, walking in there and she said that she was expecting, like, all the cupboards to be open, like how you'd see typical in, like, supernatural horror movies. But all the cupboards were closed. Oh, like, and nothing was changed there. And, like, we didn't have the cats at the time, so it's not like they're, like, making a ruckus or anything. Like, nothing was different in the kitchen at all. So we're just like, okay, that's kind of weird. <laughs> and uh, eventually, my uh, my sister and I, we ended up uh, changing rooms, because uh, one of the bedrooms in the house is extremely small. <laughs> And uh, she ended up getting that for most of the time that she's been there. But then we swapped rooms because I was, like, in college and, like, whatever. So, uh, when, after we swapped rooms, uh, she started reporting having weird experiences in that bedroom Mm. now. Which, this is the same bedroom that has the face ingrained in the wood grain in the closet door. Wow. So, she explained about, like, having people, like, walk around, like, at night and, like, coming up to her and, like, whispering things to her and stuff. So, she ended up getting, like, a voice recorder on her phone, like, a little app or something. And uh, she recorded it one night. And, uh, unsurprising or surprisingly enough, there was, like, totally someone who, it sounded like, opened the door. Mm walked into the room and then whispered something like right up next to the phone and she had her bed in the same spot that I did but she was very messy and like you could hear like things rustling around and like walking around and like footsteps crunching on random stuff that she had on the floor so that was like interesting to hear at least I don't remember exactly what it said but it definitely said something mm. and then it sounded like it walked away so there it was, footsteps crunching and crunching on everything that, like, it walked in on, and then, yeah, it just, like, it walked in, said something, and walked away. And she's like, oh my god, the house is haunted! <laughs> and there was actually a couple of times I do remember that there was this little black, I don't even know how to fully describe it, it was like... We always mistook this blob or this fuzzy thing mm-hmm. for one of our cats. Because one of our cats, he's extremely dark brown, but he appears black. So we always thought, oh, hey, there goes the cat again. But he would never be in the spot that we saw this black animal blob wow. thing. 
So it'll just be this random black spot that would just kind of like run from like a room to room. And it would never be the cat. Because the cat's like in our lap or something. And then I... Oh, I was just going to say, go ahead. like a raccoon or something like that. It's just got... It's just <laughs> <laughs> like a crossword or something like that. But there's no way, from what you described, a, a whole raccoon got in, in, in the house like that. So, yeah. <laughs> no, because, like, okay, the only animal we've ever had in the house have been bats. And they, like, crawled in from the ceiling fan uh-huh. or something. So, like, we've, we've had to, like, shoo bats out of our house before. But, like, this black fuzzy blob would, like, skitter from, like, room to room, and whenever we'd go after it, it would never be in that room. There's, like, no evidence of anything being Mm. there. So it's, like, an actual visual thing that we see. It's, like, one of those, like, out of the corner of your eyes type of thing. It kind of reminds me of that one SCP that just kind of, like, hovers behind its host, and just, like, you see it out of, like, the corners of your (laughs) eye type of deal. (laughs) Yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's <laughs> yeah. That's great and then there were actually a couple of times at my dad's house that I actually had a couple of weird experiences, and he actually experienced several nights of an unexplained apparition being mm-hmm. in the house as well. Um, there were a couple of times to where I thought that there was just kind of like a man, definitely a masculine presence, and actually one of my good friends experienced it too. He was over, and we were alone in the house and just like playing games, you know, like little play date or whatever and like all the lights in the rest of the house were off because it's like hey unless you're in the room and using it like turn the light off you know it saves right. money and um i actually didn't have a door uh, i don't have a door on my room over at his place it's just like a curtain rod because it's like an old as hell house and it was it felt like there was a man just kind of standing there just like in the very corner like the little creek slash corner that you would see and he's just kind of standing there, watching us. Ooh. With no ill intent, but, like, no positive intent either. It was just, like, I feel like someone's watching us, and they're standing right there. And then my friend was like, yeah, I feel <laughs> that too. And it's just, like, it feels really creepy in wow. here now. <laughs> you guys keep going. I'm going to go use the restroom real quick. I'll be right back. Yeah. No, no, no. Sure, uh, so- sure. And there was... Yeah, there was one other time that I had, like, that would happen on occasion. Um, like, like it would be consistent, like, it would be the same exact spot, it'd be the same exact present, it'd be the same exact, I feel like I'm being watched, like, please stop watching me, it makes me feel uncomfortable right. type of deal. And there was actually one time to where I'm like, okay, I spent a lot of time, or I, I stayed up late one night, and I'm like, okay, I really need to get up in the morning, uh... I like I sit up night doing homework or something. It's like I need to get up in the morning. I can't like sleep in or whatever. I really gotta like get my stuff mm. together and whatnot. I'm just too tired to do it now. And that morning, um, I ended up getting woken up by a floating, bald, bright blue eyed, screaming head. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The closest thing I could describe it to relate to it is, like, the screaming head in the Leviathan DLC of Mm. ME3 in the laboratory, but it wasn't a husk head. It was some random bald guy, and he was screaming like, ah! (laughs) Oh, jeez. And it just, like, it woke me up before my alarm went off, and I'm just like, okay, I'm awake. 
Like, that didn't need to happen, but oh thanks. <laughs> like, it didn't have to be done like that, but, like, holy crap. <laughs> I guess that's one way to All wake right, me up. Right. <laughs> but, uh... Dad actually described something that happened to him in the same house. And uh, it always happened at, like, around 3 in the morning. <laughs> you know, like, the prime witching yeah. hour. <laughs> <laughs> and he would describe that he would wake up in the middle of the night, like, half asleep, half awake, you know. And there'd be a man standing there beside his mm. bed. And, like, kind of like an older guy. I, I, I don't know why, but I always pictured him in, like, he's going out for golfing type of clothes. He's, like, in, like, a little sweater vest and, like, some khaki shorts and, like, has, like, a little hat on. I don't know why I always pictured him to be, like, a golfer, but that's just what I pictured him as is whenever Dad described what? him to me. And so Dad would wake up and see him, and then he's like, okay. The first time we saw him, he's like, okay, uh, there's a burglar in the house. I need to take him down. Make sure he doesn't steal all my crap. Call the police. And uh, maybe he didn't realize, he doesn't realize right now that I'm awake. So let's wait and see what he does. So the apparition slash man slash person ended up walking slowly out of dad's bedroom and just kind of like off to the rest right. of the house. So dad's like, all right, this is my chance. I'm going to go after him. So he throws his comforter off and leaps out of bed and starts charging out the door and like like swearing up and down and he throws like punches and kicks and there's literally no one there. Oh my God. <laughs> there is no evidence whatsoever that anyone was there. No windows have been broken into, no windows have been opened, no locks have been picked, none of the doors were open. Everything was locked and secured. And he's just like, I don't understand what the hell happened because that guy was standing there. He was real. He was wow. here. <laughs> <laughs> and it actually ended up happening several nights after that. It was the same Dang. thing. He's like, okay, the guy's back here again. I gotta go attack him again. I'm like, I gotta go get this guy. <laughs> and he tries to go, like, actually, like, really, like, fight off on him again because it, it his instinct went back to, oh, wait, there's a burglar in the house again. And again, the same thing. Guy was standing there, walks out of the bedroom. Dad goes after him in, like, fight-flight mode. And there's literally no evidence of the guy wow. being there. <laughs> <laughs> He's just gone. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's a little convinced that that house is haunted now. Damn. <laughs> I personally think that it could be uh, our great-grandpa mm. just kind of coming in and checking in because around that time, we ended up bringing in a couple of photographs of him as well as his, I'm not sure if it's a World War One or World War II uh, rifle because we actually have one of the rifles his uh, actual like military rifle he was allowed to keep it or something i think but we ha we have the rifle and dad keeps it in his room Whoa. and uh we brought that in and we brought in some photos and things because my great grandma around that time had passed away as well so i thought that maybe since like dad was like going through and reanalyzing like what he was feeling during that time and whatnot and he's like yeah now that i'm thinking about it he didn't really seem like he was trying to be bad or negative against yeah. us. So that's what really got me thinking. It's like, hey, that's gotta be like great grandpa 
like checking in and like being like, hey, you guys okay or something. But like, I'm kind of a sucker for like somewhat of believing on that. But I've got my own views on all that right. too. So I have returned. Not many people would uh, agree with me on those views and those that may possibly agree may think I'm crazy. So. No, no. Like. It, it's weird how like <laughs> a lot of uh, like ghost apparitions like happen a lot to where uh, it's almost hard to not believe in some sort of like ghost or like uh, supernatural uh, uh, being. Being. Because <laughs> uh, when I say supernatural being, people think, oh, man, he, uh, that's that falls into like many categories, demons, um, aliens, and all that stuff. But but th- those are a different category. I don't believe too much into like demons and stuff like that. Uh, I I, I kind of am okay with like ghosts and aliens and stuff like that. But uh, they're just some things that just like um, pe- people either overthink or feed into that kind of thing. But um, uh, th- that's to each their own, of course. But. Um, can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, we, we can hear you. Okay, yeah, cool, cool. Ah, cool. there he is. Um, <laughs> uh, since we're like in the two hour mark, we probably need to wrap some stuff up uh, um, before the 30 minute mark. Um, so uh, I'm going to skip a few things I had on the docket. I had one about Walking Dead. Um, I finished the comic. Uh, I'm loving it so far. Uh, that's pretty much it, um, to it. Uh, uh, I hate to say a broken record when it comes to that, but oh man, it, I, I love the imagery and I love uh, the pacing of that comic, and I can't, it's, cannot wait. It's real good. It's super good. <laughs> There's a lot that they that they added in for the series. And I thought Daryl was a thing in the comics, but apparently... Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> How much of a shock was that to not have Norman... Norman Reedus. Um, both, it was both like, oh man, I, I can't believe he's not in here. But at the same time, also the least because honestly, he takes too much focus out of the rest of the series. So you know, it, it's good to move on uh, to something that doesn't have a fan service in it. So that's cool. Um, um, but uh, uh, I wanted to also talk about Kotar. Uh, nothing much is going on with that. I've been continuing down uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Um, it, it's uh, it, it's it's fun. It's really fun, um, especially uh, when you're playing as the bad type of character, which I have dedicated myself to being a set all the way because you there are just hilarious dialogue, especially coming from um, uh, I, I want to say Bioware. Is that right? Yeah, they developed. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Bioware okay. did they make did it. Everything. Yep. Okay, yeah. Bioware, um, and I think that's before Mass Effect, right? Like, uh, when the game Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, knowing that they, uh, they, they kind of use that, um, bad type of dialogue, uh, for Mass Effect makes it so much fun. Because <laughs> having that Shepard was one of the fun, fun parts of Mass Effect, and, Seeing it for this one as well is even better. So cool. Mm-hmm. About what, like, what part have you gotten to? Like, how far have you gotten uh, into gotten it? I've gotten to the part where uh, we uh, finally found the other Jedi Master on uh, the first planet that you go to. Uh, I've gotten past all the um, 
mutant creatures. I, I forgive me if I forget their names. Yeah, the, the rackles. rackles. I, I got past them. Um, and then um, I still have some more stuff I got to do on that planet before I'm able to leave. But other than that, it's just the side missions are even uh, hilarious, especially when you're trying to give uh, the cure to um, one person, but then you promise that this other person would flip it for profit. It, it's just hilarious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Uh, okay, you still got quite a bit to go, but it is an amazing right. game. And <laughs> I can't wait to see or hear what your reaction is when uh, when you get to that one part that it's sort of famous for, okay. but not. Because, like, I know you, I know you, you yourself have stated that you don't know any of the story for it, and have tried to stay away from any and all spoilers. So, like, I'm not gonna say anything right. that's gonna detail anything about it. But there is a particular part, and I want to know what your reaction okay. is to it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That would be really entertaining to hear I'll, or see or I'll whatever. Trying to uh, probably keep a schedule. Probably. Um, I'll start doing more stuff on uh, weekends with it, uh, but um, other than that, yeah, I I, I have a great path of trying to finish it by uh, the next couple months. So we'll, we'll see what happens. So, um, uh, but yeah, that, that's where I'm at with Kotor right now. Um, real quick, I did want to talk about an interesting fact about uh, Cartoon Network right now. Um, and oh yeah 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 you mentioned this yeah um i i recently found out um because i always had the question in the back of my mind what what happened to like old cartoon network stuff Why, oh yeah by the way we're we're entering adults talking about children's programming <laughs> territory right now folks. <laughs> <Same> schedule. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, and so i i asked the question like what happened to all these like really uh, good cartoons. Why was there like a mass cancellation for uh, shows like Chowder, uh, Flapjack, uh, Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, and all that stuff? Um, so I went down the rabbit hole a little bit, and uh, there was a good reason why everything had a mash tipped in like different cartoons. And mind you, this is around the time when cartoons wanted to do more, or Cartoon Network wanted to do more live action. Yeah, I was going to ask if you remembered that, because that was, like, super confusing to me. Yes, um, and th there was a good reason why. Um, so th the president at the time, uh, uh, part of his... Uh, he, he at first uh, tried to do uh, a series about, like, a kid with the mind of an animator or something like that. And uh, Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And, that show was awful. <laughs> exactly. And, and then, um, Cartoon Network thought, hmm, this is a really good idea. We should do more live action stuff. And so uh, they went to this hall where they had um, uh, Andrew W.K. host, Bill, story of Bill, whatever. I probably got that name wrong. And they tried to do Hole in the Wall and all that, all that stuff. And that this was right after the president had left. Why did the president leave, you may ask? Well, of course, there's a big story about uh, about it. Back when I does it in, does it involve harassment? No, thank God. Okay. Um, back when Cartoon Network was uh, trying to advertise for Aqua Teen Hunger Force, um, they were <laughs> trying to 
uh, uh, sort of a advertisement by going to the nearest downtown and putting up posters and different LED lights of a special character from uh, Hunger Force, the Moon Knight. Uh, so, <laughs> of course, it's the Moon Knight uh, flipping off uh, residents. Um, and at the time, Boston, uh, in Boston, by the way, Boston had uh, a couple of terrorist attacks that happened uh, prior to the event. And when they saw these Luna Knight characters, they didn't know what to think because they thought, oh man, this must be another terrorist spawn attack. Why are these things beeping and uh, changing like a countdown color and stuff like that? And so people overreacted, thought it was a terrorist attack. And uh, it made major news uh, until um, the President of Cartoon Network came out and said, no, 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 this is not a test attack. This is advertising <laughs> for uh, the Cartoon Network. Uh, of course, a lot of people didn't believe them. And We, promi- they- we promise we're not planting bombs around the city, guys. Right. <laughs> Trust us. That's just what a corporation would tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, of course. People blew out of proportion, and it didn't make it any better when two random uh, guys came off the street uh, talking about um, the terrorist attack, saying some weird, stupid uh, line about hair products and stuff like that. And everyone's like, are these people fucking serious? And, and of course, they, they, they weren't serious. They are pulling a fucking prank, and that made the situation even worse. And so after the situation was done, the president of Cartoon Network stepped down, claiming that this was the most embarrassing thing that happened in his career. And uh, the, uh, for Cartoon Network to continue, I must step down. And so that's why we have a, a mass shift in like leadership in, in Cartoon Network. So I thought that was just a really both hilarious and sad story uh, for the state of Cartoon Network. And you could definitely tell oh, yeah. that made a major impact. Uh, now, so, um, so yeah, uh, that, that was just a story I wanted to bring um, uh, to, to the podcast. <laughs> well, it's it, it's interesting. The entire cartoon industry today is kind of it's all the same people. It's mm-hmm. like it's like five or six uh, people bring on their friends for a show. Like, um, what's the one I'm thinking of? Talk Pendleton about... Ward. What did he work on? Um. Flapjack. Flapjack yeah. was first. Yeah. He brought a bunch of his friends to work on Flapjack, and then he kind of ingratiated them into the system so they would get shows, and then he just kept pushing and pushing, and, like, eventually this this habit of, like, bringing people in and then them getting their own programming eventually just became the thing. So now everybody's buddies with everybody, and, like, the state of... Like, there are certain shows out there where it's such a mess that, like the reason it had to not be on the air anymore is because people just weren't working because they were just having parties and, like, messing around at the office too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, wow. I, I, I think you're right. It was either Flapjack, and then I think there was another one for Camp Laszlo, I think. Um, uh, definitely, especially around the time when uh, uh, their invention of uh, Billy Mandy got pulled off the air. There was God, stop. Was... Stop. I want to go back. Yeah. <laughs> there, there was just that ma- mass shift. And if you're not part of the like, main circle, there's no way you're going to get into this industry. And you see that a lot with 
a lot of things now, especially the state of WB in general uh, or Warner Brothers. Um, it, it's a close industry, and your opinions are not very well done. It's, uh, Kevin Smith goes in, uh, in more. He elaborates more on that subject as well. He talks about the creation of uh, Superman or his um, version of Superman. With Nick oh, yeah, Cage. yeah, I remember I that. And they were all so close-minded about his uh, original script that they had another producer come in um, who knew nothing about Superman and almost, like, created a trash fire movie. So, you know... <laughs> <laughs> it's a very closed industry. You got to know people, and that that's bad because there's a lot of creative people I know out here with like really interesting content and shows. So, you know, whatever. Um. <laughs> there was uh, there's <laughs> like there's if you want to really dig deep into it, there's a lot of really nasty rumors going around about a lot of the folks who work on shows now. Damn, really? Like it's not it's not some people that you would. Like you'd see their name and be like, "Oh my god, for real!" Like, mm. it's not fun. Once once you start digging deep into it, it doesn't it doesn't get better. It gets less fun the more you dig. I, I know, I'm definitely not a fan of uh, uh, the creator of uh, Family Out Parents and Danny Phantom. Uh, I think but, Butch Hartman. Butch Hartman. Oh yeah. my god, yeah. I, I'm not a fan of the kind of person. <laughs> did you see the same video that I did? Yeah. Where he was like, he was, yeah, no, what a, what a, what a weird, weird thing. What a weird turn for a career to take. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing with like a, a Family Guy's, uh, and a, or Family Guy and Simpsons. It's when the creator's barely in and then it turns into a uh, shit show after that. And so, um, and then even then when the creator's there, there's, it's just, there's a shift in like in performance, definitely. So yeah, so, <laughs> I'm not I'm not a fan of Butch Hartman. That's for sure. So cool. Um, uh, but moving on, um, I I had one where Ryan kept bothering me about a certain movie that I need to watch, starring Nicholas Cage. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I watched Mandy. Um, which is <laughs> the indie film, I guess is that, um, uh, about a man and his wife living in a forest area until one day they get attacked by a cult and their leather bike gang, um, and his wife is hurt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so can I just start off by saying, was me comparing it to Hobo with a Shotgun not, like, correct? That, it, it was, yeah, spot on. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I got a couple things. One, you're, you're probably going to be disappointed me about, and then one, you're going to be like, okay, that makes more sense. Uh, one, the blood and gore, I, I, I this is the, the good part. The blood and gore and the a action uh, part of this was really fun. Um, mm -hmm. and especially when you get to the part where he's going on a revenge story with the biker gang, he's just going one by one, uh, running one down in the car, but it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. uh, the other one, he fucking dad's like watching TV or, and, uh, 
Yeah, another one. He's having like a chainsaw fight. But that, that's fucking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, I did, I did not care for the beginning of this. It went really slow. Um, yeah, it kind of it kind of lulls you into a sense of just complete. Like I'll agree, the boredom in the beginning is absolutely real. It's not. Yeah. That's not anything I can I could possibly defend against. It's just yeah, it's really boring when you first start it. Exactly, and, and uh, but I will say the performance of Nicholas Cage in this is really good. Like more than uh, it, it's one of the great examples of why he's an actor, um, a famous actor, mind you, um, <laughs> uh, because he goes uh, from this relaxedness, this uh, sense of like hanging out with his girlfriend, the much love uh, that comes with it, and then um, and then finding out his girlfriend dies, he goes on a fucking rampage of like him screaming at the world that he's angry and stuff like that, and it's that that's like the best performance I've ever seen out of that man. Yeah, he <laughs> he really does a good job because uh, he plays himself basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> One thing I found hilarious with that macaroni and cheese commercial um, <laughs> <laughs> was the goblin uh, macaroni or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that was hilarious. Um, uh, but um, uh, the other thing I did uh, that just stand out with me was the vibrant uh, fluorescent colors. Yeah, how it the, feels like everything feels like it's some sort of weird acid trip in that movie. Exactly, and um, they, the the movie really stuck with that throughout. Uh, whether it's at night where it's just completely red, whether it's like early in the morning purple, or even just um, just a fluorescentness of just when the girlfriend gets drugged and it's just complete greenness like all over, or a green and blue hue. I really love like the colorization of that. Um, music also stood out to me as well. Um, yeah, and I've got I love <laughs> I love the composer for that movie. Yeah, he's uh, he uh, he passed away a little bit ago. And that was Johan Johansson. Mm-hmm. He did the soundtrack for my actual favorite movie, Sicario. Oh, and it was really interesting to hear him not working with like cellos and violins and stuff. Right. Really, really interesting. It, it was definitely that 80s uh, horror vibe that I, I, this sort of stuff with it. Uh, especially when it came to like the animated parts of this movie. Uh, it kind of reminded oh, yeah, me right. of, of uh, uh, heavy metal like animation. As mm-hmm. well. <laughs> I enjoyed that part. Uh, other than that, it was a pretty okay movie. I, um I, on a scale between one and ten, um, I'll give it directly seven point five out of ten. Nice. So, nice. I'm uh, glad you liked it, and that I didn't try to sell you something you would hate. <laughs> no, no. Uh, it, it's funny when I first saw it. I had to take a step back and think about it more because at first I was like pretty disappointed in it at first, but then I'm like, you know what? Well, actually, was a pretty good movie because there was just some. Uh, you just you really got to turn your brain off. Yeah. For parts of it, because like I'm, I'll be the first to admit I love the movie. God damn, are some parts really boring? <laughs> right, right, exactly. Uh, but 
Mandy's pretty good, and I can't wait to go check out that one uh, where he's fighting all the five actors that he's characters or whatever. Oh my god, why would you remind me of that? <laughs> it's coming out pretty soon. <laughs> why would you remind me of that? <laughs> okay, so. Yeah, actual, actual criminal. Uh, uh, so yeah, that, that's uh, Mandy, uh, that's the rest of that docket. Um, I'm going to uh, scroll through the news a little bit since we're running a little bit uh, on time. Um, uh, nothing much uh, in new, well, a little bit of news. Uh, Nintendo Direct came out. Um, nothing much has been confirmed other than more Smash characters that nobody asked for. Um, uh, as, whatever that Squid Game is, Splatoon 3 has been announced. Um, just pretty much whatever was announced last Nintendo Direct has just been talked about now. It's just all of Nintendo Direct of this year was just a investors meeting almost pretty much. So you know that's what Nintendo Direct was, and there's not much you did miss. There you go. Um, uh, Diablo 2 Remastered got announced. That's coming out pretty soon. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about why you didn't don't care for Diablo, but I think that will be a story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh, Last of Us uh, movie has been announced about its casting for the two main roles, Ellie and Joel. And uh, to everyone's much surprise, um, it is the Mandalorian himself. Uh, Paige, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher his name. Uh, Pedro Pascal is playing Joel, and uh, Game of Thrones actor Bella Ramsey is Ellie. So. Um, oh yeah, no, I can totally part. see it. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm looking at Pedro Pascal, and I'm like, yeah, that's that'll work. Right. Uh, definitely, um, he'll probably just grow his hair a little bit more, but yeah, I definitely see it. Um, and then for Ellie. May may be a little bit of changes, but yeah, I can definitely see that as well. Um, so yeah, that's coming pretty soon. Uh, I heard there's a trailer that's going to be announced sometime this year, so we'll see. Um, and then uh, um, last thing on the news, Mortal Kombat trailer was released a couple days ago, and it looks really <clears throat> interesting. Um, I'm actually kind of excited for this one. Uh, is it gonna be? Do you think it's gonna be the video game movie that uh, fixes video game movies? No. <laughs> I tell you what a teacher once told me: AI, video games and movies are never a good mix because video games are not made to be movies; they're made to be interactive. And so, MK <laughs> um, is definitely one of those things where. It's hard to like bring that to an audience that doesn't understand that word. Um, so, uh, but but who knows? I could be wrong. I could. I want to be wrong. <laughs> uh, but you know, past disappointments have said otherwise. Like, um, I was there uh, trying to watch a Tomb Raider movie, and that that didn't go so well. I did not finish that movie. That's how bad it was. And then I heard a Monster Hunter movie did not go well either. So. Uh, we'll see. It, basically, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. But it, it turns uh, from this, what I can see from this trailer, um, 
visually they got what they want for a Mortal Kombat movie. Um, they it already looks better than past Mortal Kombat movies. Um, sorry, Machinima, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, there's there's definitely a new type of story they want to go with because um, they introduced a new character that hasn't even been in Mortal Kombat before. Um, so they're they're bringing stuff out for people who want to uh, be in this type of um, movie setting because, you know, comic book movies are a thing, so might as well, let's see what we can do with video games. So kudos mm-hmm. to that. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much it for news. Um, uh, so before we go, uh, is there any uh, thing, is there where, where, where can we find you, Augie, um, on the internet? Where, where can we find your content, your stuff, all that stuff? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, earlier I did mention that I do have a link tree. I hope that it's over in the description. Yep. But um, basically, I try to use that to just show off like all the various different links. I've got an Instagram. I've got a Facebook page. I've got a streaming Twitch channel. I'm looking at trying to take some of my old streams and throw them up on a YouTube channel, but that's not uh, fully out there yet. But keep an eye out for that if uh, that pops up here fairly soon. Uh, I do have a Twitter. I don't usually use it that much, but like you're welcome to try and follow and talk to me on Twitter too, mm-hmm. if you want. Um, that's pretty much it though. Like I, as I add more different pages from places I can find, then I'll just throw them up on the link tree and then you can just kind of come check back every now and then and just follow whatever page you want to your heart's desire. Right. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I'll definitely throw all her, uh, stuff in the link below. Please go check them out. Uh, they're really great, and especially check out her Facebook page. She's always um, uh, releasing more content every uh, every week. And um, definitely um, go check uh, our stuff out. Of course, uh, we don't really need to tell you to do that either way. You, 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 guys, you guys know where <laughs> you guys know where to find us, right? Um, <laughs> if you have any more questions, please feel free to email us at. Uh, something wicked podcast one at gmail.com. Again, that's something wicked podcast one at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on, uh, on Spotify. You can follow us on iTunes. Please listen for your beautiful ears. Like, share, subscribe, and all. You can all. you can follow us in real life. It is strongly discouraged, but I mean, I would unless it say starts breaking no. boundaries, it doesn't become illegal. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> um. And, uh, of course, uh, thank you so much for coming on to our show, Augie. We love uh, having guests like you come on and uh, talk, talk, shoot the shit with us, almost. And hopefully in the future, we hope to have you on uh, uh, some more episodes. Yeah, that'd be really fun. I enjoyed kind of chit-chatting with y'all, and y'all have been really fun, and I appreciate being on here. Thank yeah, you for having me. Alrighty, guys. Uh, it's that beautiful time. It's time to say goodbye. Uh, any we last? Re- we release you. You are free to go. <laughs> yeah. Much love, <laughs> much ice, and stay warm. <laughs>